What's good, everybody? This is uh, Hoseon with uh, Espionage VR. We're doing another podcast. What episode is this? 11 now? 11. This is uh, ep- episode 11, and um, we got quite a bit to talk about today, so we'll just get right into it. We've all been, you know, with the whole quarantine shit, just been playing, have more time to play games and do other shit that we, uh, we're trying to fill our times with, so... Uh, I don't like to go first on this just because I introed it, but Tom, what's uh, what's been on your plate lately? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm still working, so uh, my, right. the overtime has finally slowed down. So I, I do have like three good days off a week, but I used to be able to like game at work a lot more, and now I don't know. Like I have the time to do it, kind of, but I just kind of feel weird doing it for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but I've been uh, what have I been playing? finished Doom Eternal. I don't remember if we talked about that last time. Um, and I've been trying... I forgot I kind of had this big backlog of, like, different indies and stuff on Switch that I wanted to play. So uh, I started Bastion for a little bit, but I haven't gotten that far in. I've re- There's a couple of sales that are going on right now. They're about to end um, some stuff, so I picked up a few things. Uh, the big one was this game, Mortal Redneck. Do you guys know what that is? I've never heard of it. Okay. It's, I heard of that. Okay, it's a terrible name. Um, the idea—it's <laughs> a shooter. The idea is that um, oh, okay, you are a redneck who is immortal, and he's going in and, ra- and raiding these pyramids in like a fake version of Egypt. And but sometimes he can use the souls of these Egyptian gods to like enhance his powers. And it's a roguelike uh, first-person shooter. So you go into the pyramid, and you're starting at square, pretty much square one every time. Uh, and it's always the the layout is randomly generated and you have to go through different floors and when you die you get to keep all your gold um and currency that you've collected and then after that you can spend that currency on a skill tree to like unlock new characters raise your health or like buy like different upgrades and this and that so your character does get stronger and stronger but i have put like my character's pretty strong now but i've put probably six and a half hours in and i haven't even been able to beat the first boss from the first of three pyramids right so it's pretty hard um but it's really fun it's normally like a 20 dollars game i think it i got it for six it's still six now it feels a lot like playing a low poly version of doom 2016 because there's lots of like verticality to it and everything and Mm -hmm. like there's a good variety of uh I thought it was like I always thought pictured it being like a 2d game what was that one game called uh where it looks like you're playing Danny Trejo Oh fuck! Oh, what was that um, called? There's a. I know exactly I what keep, you're talking I about. I started s- with like an I. It was a weird like Lisa. I don't know if it was Lisa. Mm-hmm. I, was I, Lisa? I keep wanting to say it's not slain either. No, but it's um, like a. It's you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know exactly. They made like two about. of them, but I always pictured it like that. Yeah, well, that's what I think. Whenever you think like an indie shooter, now you kind of think some sort of 2D shooter, like Metroidvania kind of thing. But I just really didn't want a 2D something right now because I kind of wanted to dive into like another AAA thing but i just didn't have anything to play um i was like i can't spend the money right now when i have all this other shit i haven't played so i did that there's a new mario maker update where now you can build your own worlds so basically instead of just a series of levels you can play like instead of playing all these random levels now someone can build a world of like eight or nine levels and you you know you go through a path like you would in any normal 2d mario game i saw that that was really cool was that yeah. big update they yeah had, like the, that's the last update or whatever for yeah so there haven't been too many cool worlds built yet but because it just launched but that's pretty fun i've started that um a thing that i did today 
which I think you guys might get a kick out of, is I didn't catalog everything exactly, but I counted up all the games, the physical games I own, and then the physical systems I own. And I would like you guys to guess the numbers of uh, physical systems and then the number of physical games. Okay. Um, I'm going to say 13 physical systems. Okay. And then uh, 135 games. Okay. What about you, Hosian? I'm going to say 22 because you already have 13 GameCubes. Yeah, you've, you've been in my room. so. Oh, well, yeah, that's I'll... okay. That's totally unfair. I, I guess I was thinking. Never mind. Go well, ahead. I think you're... <laughs> and I'll say uh, 200 games. Okay, uh, so the actual numbers are, and I know that there are some things that I missed because I couldn't find some of like my older stuff. I think it's somewhere in a box in my parents' house, but I have in this ap- apartment right now 355 physical games wow. and uh, 33 systems. <laughs> I'd be interested in how many systems are non-duplicates. Uh, I can actually tell you that. So uh, somehow Hosian... I'm actually down to not to like less GameCubes. I have eight GameCubes because I think I've loaned some out to some friends. Um, I loaned out all the ones I had cables for. I have four Wiis. I have two PSPs, and then from here out, everything else is singles. So okay. one Vita, one DS Lite, one new 3DS, one Wii U, a 360, PS4, PS3, PS2, PS1, PSX, uh, GBASP, regular GBA, Switch, this little emulation console that I have called like an R350. You got that thing recently. Yeah, yeah. I still need to mess with that some more. Um, a Sega Nomad, a Sega Genesis 2, a Sega Genesis 3, uh, the Super Nintendo Classic, and an Xbox One. And I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Do you have a picture of all of this lined up? Not yet, uh, because I was doing all of this right before we started. But I will get yeah. a pic. I will get a picture of everything, and uh, so you can post it that was the inner so you guys can at least see it maybe throw it on a story or something so people can see yeah, it yeah, most of the stuff is on my entertainment system but uh i legitimately could not possibly fit all of it i can't i can't fit all of it in this room i know i can't that's fucking over the shelving i have right now so i need to do that but um yeah i was shocked because looking at it it doesn't seem like that much stuff at least with the games um, and knowing that there is definitely some other stuff that I just don't have here right now is like it's probably hitting 400, and this is still like a small collection compared to some mm-hmm. dudes I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I've had going on. I'm trying to think if I've played anything else. Nah, that's it. So that, that's that's it for me. What about you? Weren't you playing that okay. one game? It looked like a little frog or something like that. What's that game called? Frog game? Shit. It's like it like the the it looks like the ukulele art. Hold on, let me think for a second. Um, oh, it, God. It you were just talking about it recently. You were like, this game is cool. It I think you talked about it on the last podcast. It wasn't ukulele, was it? No. Because I was playing the, the ukulele. Uh, the second, second one? No. Um, I don't remember. We'll, we'll have to look it up. It, I'm literally, uh, hold on, I'm just pulling my Switch out right now to look at the things I've been playing. Um, hat in, not a hat in time. Oh, I also played the second Telltale Batman game. That was really, really fun. I love those games. Bert, I, I know I told you, but I downloaded Cell Damage HD. Yes, dude. That God shit damn. is so fucking fun. If anybody listening to this has not played Cell Damage, there are a few games that I cannot recommend enough. Like, I cannot... I will go up to bat for these fucking games that they were... They, they had so much goddamn care 
and fucking love put into them, and it shows. And like, I don't stop talking about Deep Rock Galactic. Cell damage is right up there. Like, the amount I've mentioned Deep Rock Galactic and how perfect of a game it is, in that same realm, cell damage is right there with it. It came out for Xbox, PS2, and GameCube era. And, dude, like, if you get a friend or four friends together on that shit, like... And so it, it came out, like, an HD version came out for, like, Switch and something else, I believe. It's pretty much, The HD version's on everything now. It's crazy how under the fucking radar that shit is, dude. I think it's just because the game wasn't like like it's it's definitely a cult thing because it wasn't it's, that popular because it's fun, but it's not. It's like I I love it, but it is not incredible compared to like a lot of other car combat games because it takes the story. There's not a lot there for single player stuff. So if you don't remember this game as a multiplayer thing, yeah, uh, I could see why you might not enjoy like have like so much nostalgia about it, but. It's so, like, Hosey, have you ever played it? Do you know what this is? The Cell Damage game? Yeah. No, I actually haven't. Okay, you should look it up, because do you remember that cartoon, Wacky Racers? I do. The Hanna-Barbera cartoon uh, with all the Hanna-Barbera people in a race. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like The idea is essentially that, but with cartoony twisted metal combat. You oh, know, so okay. you drive around, you pick up an axe, you hack other people in half you shoot uh missiles at people you sh- like there's a duck that's like an old 70s gangster and his special weapon is a tommy gun and like a bunch of other stuff that and- that sounds super Wait, let, let me pull it's amazing like you can uh it's yeah it's i mean it's you can pick up different weapons and shit like that you can pick up other people's special weapon it's very similar to mario kart and all that shit um there's a giant axe you can pick up so you can run around the map with an axe the size of your car and it's a fucking one hit kill that you just chop people in half it's such a fun game there's literally like 40 weapons to just run through and they're all like and they're not easy some of them are not easy to fucking use or like um get like really easy kills with some of them you really have to fucking get good at it to it's it's like it has good um skills it's like, like a learning level. learning curve yeah. there like you can you can get really fucking good with the uh, the gatling gun Dude. and just go across the fucking level wrecking shit i'm looking at but, i'm looking at this now um definitely up my alley kind of game yeah, it's, it's sick. Amazing. It was like five bucks right now. I didn't I know they had it on Switch because I didn't realize. Dude, I didn't know either. There's, there's a bunch of remasters yep. that I want to get now that I didn't realize were already on Switch. That's one of them. I love the graphics, kind of uh, like Jet Set Radio. Oh yeah, yeah. It's that's it's the thing. Is it's a yeah. it's cell shading. Mm-hmm. That this is when like they were really trying to make cell shading a thing because that was yeah. kind of a movement that happened in that PS2. Wind Waker yeah. cell damage. It was it was everywhere. Yeah, it's tons of that shit. So it's it's really fun. If it's still cheap on the on uh, the Switch store on any of your digital outlets, you should check it out. Um, I will. But yeah, I don't think there's the thing that sucks is there's no online play on it. Oh. Um, so it's still like the multiplayer's there, but it they is fucked up. Yeah, but it is couch co-op again. <laughs> I get it because they fucked, fucked up. It might cost them <laughs> like if it cost them a lot of money to maintain servers for it. Like I can understand, but like yeah, I would not, love maybe maybe like maybe 20 30 people would be playing it still yeah. after like two or three weeks yeah because like even if we all got it you know we might play it like consistently for like a week and then we'd move on but i would love to do it the next time you guys should definitely all get it so the next time we're together we can play it 100 percent. Um, okay i'll get it it's fucking tight but um everyone got it for the switch uh i got it for switch i know it's on everything but okay. um i don't think i think the switch is the best way to get it because like it's not any better or any worse on any 
other system right, right now. Right, like, yeah. What it is is what it is. It's an old... It's, it looks slightly better than the original version, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, the game that you were talking about, Hosing, before this, the frog game, was uh, Yoku's Island Express. That's what That's it, it. Are, are you a frog? What the hell are you in that You're game? kind of like a beetle. Like a, You look like a... You're a beetle, but you look kind of like a cross between a beetle and a ladybug. Okay. So you're, okay. you're this cartoon... It's a side-scrolling Metroidvania, but all the movement and combat is pinball. So um, it's kind of There's a demo. People should download the demo to get an idea of how it plays. But the game's really cheap, and it's one of the most fun Metroidvanias I've played. It has all of that, like, you know, you have your massive map that slowly opens up. You go somewhere, you're like, shit, I can't go in there yet. I gotta go find this ability. Um, So all of that stuff is there, but just the combat is ridiculous. It's a fucking pinball game. Like, and it sounds kind of lame, but um, when you play it and, like, you realize that, like, oh, like, you have to have all these really precision shots. And, like, even when you get on the pinball boards, the whole board is not open to you at once. It's, mm-hmm. like, a, it's like a condensed Metroidvania where you have to do this thing to open up this section of the board, then break this thing, then blow this thing up. Um, but you're, you're not shooting anything. It's still just a ball fucking launching around the screen, hitting different shit. Um but it was really, it wasn't very long. It was like eight hours to finish the whole thing, probably, eight or nine. Uh, and I loved it. And it was like, it's like 20 bucks normally. I think it's still on sale now for like six, six cool. or seven. It was totally worth it. I might, I'm, I think it's been released by one of those limited companies physically. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably try to track that down too. Sweet. But uh, what about you, Hosey? And what have you been doing? So the last week, I was just been grinding a lot of Resident Evil two and three remakes uh and just playing a lot of smash my i have these like these like moments where i'll like get hooked on the game and then i'm playing it for a while and then i like i need to go back to smash so i can like keep maintaining and getting better and doing that so a lot of the times i take forever on shit just because smash takes up a ton of my time whenever i like finally sit down with it it takes i i can play that game just straight i'll for like a week and not play anything else sometimes and that definitely keeps the stack growing but i put that away for a second just because i was like all right i for real just want to like grind out i'm trying to platinum uh the resident evil 2 and 3 remake so i was playing leon and claire's campaign a bunch uh this past week i beat them and then i went back started over again because i'm just like doing the trophies and i want to beat it on the last difficulty and then uh then i'm gonna do the third one and then i've also been playing doom i'm like halfway in there uh that one's taken a bit just because i'm not like inspired to play that game very like for long periods of time for some reason it just like i play it i'm i might this is like a weird thing to say but i kind of wish the game was shorter like it's like the way the way the adrenaline like goes hard in that game i'm like i can do like some short burst levels but these levels are huge and there's a lot, there's a lot like of like turns and stuff, and I do like that. But when I realize I've been playing it, at, maybe because I've been putting it down and picking it up over time, like over the last month, it feels longer than it actually is, which is probably the case. But I'm like, damn, I'm only halfway. I feel like I've just been going crazy, and I got all these weapons and upgrades are so far already, and I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's been taking a bunch of my time. Uh, it's it's been taking forever to clear that, but. I'm kind of just throwing that on whenever, um, mm-hmm. and you. Another reason why I've been playing Resident Evil 
more is because that's a game that my girlfriend likes to watch me play and she the other day she, i was playing doom and she's like were you playing doom i was like yeah she's like oh and then she like left and i was like oh you don't like this game okay um so as so i've just been playing that uh and it's a resident evil was fun to try to like get all the achievements so i'm hoping i can uh click get a, that platinum it's the it, have you have you played resident evil 3 yet yeah i beat it did you beat it on Nightmare? No, I after I beat it on Standard, I went back to the 2 remake. Got you, okay. Um, Nightmare was pretty fucking easy until the last boss. The last boss was just... Dude, it, It's a so it's a one-hit kill. Like, no matter... I think... Well, I think when he, like, swipes long ways on the ground with his whole arm, mm-hmm. you might be able to take a hit from the right arm, but, like, any other attack, if he hits you, the stagger is so long, he gets a free hit after that, and it's just a one-hit kill. So I imagine mm-hmm. Inferno will be easy, because if you beat it on Nightmare, you've probably mastered it. But, like, I was so goddamn upset. Are you talking about, like, when he's running around in circles, or when he's, like, final giant form? When he's final giant form, okay. yeah, the last boss. Okay. It's insane. Like, everything else was easy. Mm-hmm. Everything else was simple as shit. That was a fucking awful experience yeah just like the the one hit and it's crazy like timing and shit the window to dodge is fucking ridiculous the window to dodge is is weird also the amount of room that you actually have it almost feels like you're like dude am i just supposed to get hit it's like it's like you gotta take it it's like part of the programming of the boss it's like in this part you're gonna get hit so watch out right it's like have enough health my problem with the 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 fake out last boss the one before that i had a problem where no no uh ammo came back yeah um so i was like really so i just died on purpose and then it, yeah, it, then those, it fixed itself did you mean did you mean the la- the nemesis fight before that uh yeah where he's like running around in circles above. okay because you said outlast and i was like i just that sounded weird I um oh, my bad no worries no worries um yeah like it there was even in normal mode or normal difficulty or whatever hard or whatever the fuck it is before nightmare ammo was a fucking problem in those areas and there's there that's something i wanted to talk about was how in resident evil 3 like what i hate about that game was at certain points they didn't tell you when something needed to be done a certain way like i don't know if this needed to be done like this but i'm pretty sure at one point you have to let him go all the way to the top of the clock tower and then shoot him down from there. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I laid into him for a very, very long time to the point where I had to fucking look it up because I kept running out of ammo and people were like, oh yeah, like when he goes up to the clock tower, wait till he stops shooting from there and then he'll fucking um, fall down and die. Had no idea. The... Which, on the second to last? I think it's the... No, I think it's the first time Nemesis is, like, running around in a circle and you have to use the mines to stop him in his tracks and shit. Oh, right, you right, have to right. stop him in his tracks, like, four or five times, and then he starts to go to the top of the clock oh, tower. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 Why am I gonna stop doing what I've been doing for four or five times to think, like, oh, now I need to let him go and run? It was just... Yeah, really okay, now I'm... I remember in that part now. I was I was confused at first because there that was like the yeah the first time he was like on his like weird dog right. form. Um, I just blasted him until I, I literally used the last round I had, and it must have just been lucky because it it cut it triggered the cutscene. Okay, so you don't have to um let him go to the top. I don't okay. I don't remember doing that. I remember just blowing his ass up with the fire shit. 
and shooting him. Gotcha. And um, if then I must have just said no fucking. I, I know I because I, I was running the fuck out. I know that he went up to the clock tower at least twice. I think, and maybe that has something to do with something that I had no idea would trigger would be part of that. Like this is what you must do because when I right. killed him, he wasn't on the clock tower. He was like, like on the same level as me. Yeah, and I, I don't know, because I watched Carsey fucking um, stream it, his run-throughs, with, like, a damage meter that he, like, downloaded or something to show the the units uh, in the coding, like, its number, like, specific number of damage or HP he had left. And, I mean, every, every time he shot him, that thing went down. So I can't imagine he would get to a point where... Uh, he was at like one HP until he goes to the top of the clock tower. I doubt that'd be the case. No, well, but... the, that's the thing about Resident Evil bosses. I don't think they're scripted like that because the game is very much like trying to f- push you to play it over and over again. And I right. and and part of those challenges are like time, like beat it within X amount of time. So it's like I feel like when the bosses are in the boss like mode, it's very much like just do it how you think is going to be fastest way because we're not. There's no like um, like handrails. Yeah, I think it's just like a, if you can kill him, you can kill him before he even does a clock tower script part. Then yeah. you probably could because the game is all about like world records and bullshit like that. I definitely think like uh, Resident Evil Three. I mean, we can go all day about like should it have been DLC, blah blah. blah. We already talked about all that, but like they, um, they, I hated. I didn't think like the store and the things you could buy had. The same replayability as Resident Evil 2. I thought Resident Evil 2 did such a better job, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. It was I, fun, I, I got like 15 hours out of it. I didn't play through Inferno mode because that was that was a fucking nut check. Yeah. So uh, I remember yeah, I mean, it, was, um, it was fun. I, I remember on the last episode you were like. I know people are complaining in the price, and yeah, this is a thing. But you still felt like we did talk about it. Yeah, you 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 just okay, lightly gotcha. mentioned that like you felt like you did feel good spending that much money on the game because you okay. still had fun, yeah. and that's how I feel with you. Like I'm like this game was short as hell, but I know what kind of like I know that I will be playing it like further down the line enough times to where I'll feel the same way too. When I yeah. played Resident Evil Two uh, remake again. Um, I like blasted through Claire's campaign also because I think you just starting out you get like weaker weapons but once you get the flame shotgun you literally can just go through this sh- through that shit um, right but um, I say there were moments because pl- after playing three you go back to two and you're like god damn it this dodge mechanic would come in handy here but then I feel like that just make the game less scary because that's part of why you you have to like kind of take the zombie and hopefully you have a knife or a grenade on you to like get it off you or whatever Right. Um, but I was I did before we move on this I know I'm talking forever but there's a part in I looked up like Mr. X's programming just out of curiosity because I was like this is ge- like th- this game scares the shit out of me still um, especially when you hear his footsteps and you're just like is that just like a thing that they the, the develop like the programmers just like put that in there so you know he's around but it's just like a fake sound but then i actually looked it up and like he's literally wherever you hear that and i was like confused because i didn't hear it sometimes and i did and i looked it up that even when he's off screen he is still in model like moving around and looking for you like like how he how you see him when he's on screen for you um but he's just moving at like times two speed so like yeah. he is there i always for some reason picture you know like in a game you're like well that part's done so to save memory or something they'll probably turn it off or like he'll go into like a t pose or some shit i don't know he's still literally like 
wherever he was last he won't teleport he doesn't do anything he still he still goes through doors he just moves fast so yeah, it's difficulty adjustment it's the same thing as you know ninth place in mario kart gets the blue shells constantly yeah it's need for speed underground the cars 30 miles behind you are gonna be like fast as shit to catch up and whatnot you know that's or if like the computer's in first place it'll go a lot slower shit like that because you know? i don't know when you ever you played did you ever like did he ever just bust through the wall for you? Like, um, out of, like, like, like break the, like break a wall and you'll see him there. From what I can, he- from what I can remember, if it wasn't a scripted moment, I was able to hear his footsteps before um, he busted in or anything like that. Okay, because he busted on mile one, but then the other time I played it again as the same character, he did not. So I was like, yeah. "What the hell?" And then I looked it up. I don't know why I went to such a fast. You know, when you go into deep dive for no reason. I was just doing that, and like somebody was like, "I've never even had that happen to me where he busts through the wall." I'm like, "Why? Like how? This is." Point is, props to the developers for programming him because that was that's so sick. Like they could do that without him getting stuck on a table or something. I thought that was cool. So yeah. So enough of my shit with that but yeah that's what i've been playing and playing smash and taking forever with other games but um all right bert i'll let you take it from here all right guys this is it it's the good old final fantasy 7 <laughs> um bitch fest so spoilers very obvious spoilers about final fantasy 7 remake its concept its ending I would argue it's not just it. going to be spoilers about the game, but possibly spoiling elements of your childhood. Spoiling um, elements of the childhood. Yeah. So I, I would say maybe uh, delete the podcast now. So let, let's let's confirm this. So obviously, guys, we all played this game 20 years ago. The thing about it is, this game changed like a motherfucker. There are very new and very different elements of Final Fantasy VII Remake from the original. The ending is not just you climbing down a rope and exiting Midgar. There is a lot that happens in the game and in the end, in the first five minutes and in the end, that we are about to talk about. So if you don't already have that if you i don't want to hear i don't want to hear bitching that we spoiled the thing here's a very obvious thing we're going to link in the description where what timestamp you can go to to not have this spoiled so there's your warning without further ado um i beat final fantasy 7 uh remake about a week later all i'm i'm probably just going to refer to it as remake or 7 remake or just 7 from here on out if i refer to the original i'll say og or specify that um, so I was just like Death Stranding last year. I was very apprehensive about Seven Remake. So when when Sony announced Remake of Seven, first off, I was always the guy. I was the same pessimistic asshole my entire life. So ten years ago, fifteen years ago, when everybody's calling, oh, I want a Final Fan. They need to remake Final Fantasy Seven. I want them to remake, get better graphics. I was always the fucking little shit that was like, it doesn't need it. It is a solid, beautiful fucking game. It aged so well, whether you think about it or not. Yes, their hands are blocky, but if you can go back and play Super Mario World, you can go back and play Final Fantasy VII. It works. It doesn't have a clunky control scheme. Its vehicles don't get caught on shit. It fucking works. Its battle system was amazing. There is a reason... Every, like a large percentage of gamers say this is the best game ever made. This is their favorite game. Was it their first Final Fantasy? Probably. Was it their first introduction to Japanese RPGs? Probably. Was it their first introduction to big tits? Probably. But there are a ton of reasons why a very 
big fucking percentage say this was the best game ever made. So here it is. It's being remade. What was it, 2015, 2016 that Sony came out at E3? It was, it was, it was weird the way they did it anyway. They just came out, we're remaking it, great. And that was the year they did the whole Shinmu thing and all that. Great, that was awesome. Cool, but the lack of information and all that is kind of weird and sketchy because steadily and steadily it comes out that it's going to be episodic and everybody's pissed off about that, but we're still going to buy it. It comes out that they're fucking with the battle system and all these signs. And then at one point, one of the developers, the director, somebody said... The beautiful part about a remake, and this is not verbatim, but the good thing about a remake is it doesn't have to be the same game. They can change it. They can make all these changes, blah, blah, blah. Motherfucker, you don't. The story is fantastic. The story holds up today. It's like fucking Fern Gully. It's still fucking applicable to the goddamn world. There's never been a better time in history to talk about saving the planet. And here we fucking are. So, I start the game. I'm already pissed off that I have the game. But I'm here. Let's play it. I try to go in with as open as an attitude as I can. So I didn't like Final Fantasy XV. I don't like Kingdom Hearts. I don't like those combat systems. I don't mind an action RPG. I can fuck with that. But I do not like... The way they have this set up, I think it's fucking trash for a variety of reasons that I'll go into. But I start Final Fantasy VII. Um, I play through what was the demo already. I get through that. Same gripes I had about that shit. And then, you know, you get out of that reactor and now you're making your way to Seventh Heaven. I didn't realize how much I needed to see Midgar this way. For the first three hours or so, I was in awe. I was fucking mesmerized by how beautiful this game was, by how beautiful the character models are, by the scale of fucking Midgar. You can now look up. You're not like this top-down, shitty view of Midgar. And like, yes, I just praised how perfect the game was, but in comparison, it was a shitty camera angle to have on Midgar, you know? And now I get to look up and see this fucking plate. So I was telling myself, dude, I can go through this, Because other people were contacting me. They were like, do I need to play this? Do I need to play that? And I was like, dude, if you're a fan of Final Fantasy VII, you have to play this. Because if anything, block everything else about the game and treat it as a walking simulator where you're just going through the motions to see Midgar like this. I still stand by that. It was fucking beautiful. But then there start to come the problems. So the combat system I'll go into first. It's awful. So go back to Ocarina of Time, back to when Z-targeting became a thing and lock-on targeting and all this shit. Like, that was fucking insane. That was insanely well done for its time. And that was 23 years ago or so, I think. So around the same time, Final Fantasy VII came out. So now, Final Fantasy VII comes out. It has a lock-on targeting system, which is ass. But how come when I use an ability, when I use a limit break... Probably six out of the ten times I use these fucking limit breaks, they went into a fucking wall. A fucking bad guy just moved, he stepped a little bit to the left, and then the ATB was used, the fucking limit break was used, the ability, all that shit, it's used now. And now I'm not having fun. Well, Bert, is it possible that the bag, that the walls are also bad guys? Everything's a bad guy in this game. 
Awesome. It's a bad game. Awesome. <laughs> so, all right. So, and here's my bitch about that. So, you have two ATB slots at the beginning of every battle throughout the game. Unless you want to take up a materia slot and use this, like, you get a limit break. The rare time you get a limit break and you can refocus to get a third ATB slot. You have two ATB slots. The ATB slot, you have to utilize one, which it starts empty at the end of everything. Just like your fucking limit break starts at the beginning. And you have to fill these things up in combat. You And here's the thing about that. Your allies fill their limit break because you control one person, then the other two individuals are fighting as a computer, which they are fucking morons. They're absolutely fucking morons, dude. So I'm over here. I'm the main, I'm the I'm the player controlled character. I'm attacking, I'm hacking on all that shit. The ATB gauge fills up rather quickly. The problem with it is, is I have to get in close to deal this damage. When you get in close, there's no real fun way to dodge attacks. You're gonna be getting hit. You're just going to be taking damage. So by the time on most bad guys that I have filled up an ATB gauge, now I have to heal. Oh, Bert, just get your allies to heal. Here's the fucking problem. The allies, the people you don't control, their ATB gauge fills up slow as shit. Slow as fucking shit. The reason why. So in Final Fantasy 13, they made a system where you could choose if your allies would focus on healing or focus on being aggressive in combat. There's none of that here. The allies just fucking piss away all their time and resources. They just sit there. Hur! Hur! Look out! And they're barely fucking attacking. They are not attacking as fast as they fucking could be. So, they're not doing damage. And the beautiful part of that is when you have a fucking... When a boss battle is happening, and they're about to do some crazy... Like, I'm talking about the apps fight. Or Abzu that they changed it to or whatever. In um and maybe it was just apps in the English version. I don't know. Fuck it. Um when you know the abs fight in the sewers, when he's about to do this crazy attack that can wipe out your party, water comes in and rushes through half the arena. Obviously, I'm smart enough, I'm gonna run away. What if there was an ability or a button you could press on this? fucking 900 button controller where you could tell your allies to follow or to rally up or something and then they wouldn't get hit by this goddamn attack but they just sit there and get fucking hit by it and i don't want to fucking change to everybody move them out the way just for them to run back towards the fucking boss and get hit again so this is the problem. This is the unrefined nonsense that you have to fucking deal with. It's these little things. I've talked to some people and they're like, yeah, I thought that was kind of stupid. Yeah, I thought that was kind of stupid. When it's every second, you should be enraged that they fucking did this to the game. My buddy Zach was talking about, hey, they fucking ruined this game 15 years ago when they made Dirt of Cerebus or Advent Children or Spirits or this or that. Spirits Within wasn't Final Fantasy 7, I get it. But, like, whether whatever you're... I have personal opinions on those. I don't think they were bad. But at the same time, this is the actual game. This is the remake of the game. You don't need to fuck up... Like, just because the Jesus Rolls just came out and it sucked doesn't mean the Big Lebowski is ruined. If they remade Big Lebowski and shit all over it, then, then people might be a little pissed off. People might have a reason to be pissed off. I get it, movies are a little different, movies age a little better, but nobody, like, nobody wants Big Lebowski to be remade, and that's just a fucking, fucking example I'm using right now. So, no, Final Fantasy VII was not ruined 20 years ago with all the things they did to milk money out of the characters. 
it wasn't ruined when Kingdom Hearts used its characters. Because like I said, with Kingdom Hearts, if Square learned anything, is that people will throw money at these fucking characters and shit. The review scores will be apt out the fucking roof, regardless of the fucking content. So that's... I have so much other shit to say about the combat. Okay, let's talk about this. Because I... I my thing about third-person action RPG combat, I like to refer my fucking gold standard of video games is the Soulsborne series. I think they are so goddamn refined, it's crazy. And, it, you know, like, um, I think it was Donkey was the one that said in one of his reviews how, like, a good game, you're able to, like, do crazy things with the difficulty. Do crazy things to go to crazy fucking lengths to explore how you can do some crazy shit. So, in Dark Souls... When you hit a bad guy, that one hit is fucking savory because it's so dangerous, it's so fucked up, you have to work on dodging and there's all these other things to worry about in combat that that one hit, it takes a substantial amount of health off. So then you can look at things where it's like, okay, if I can kill him in a few hits with this weapon, what, what I might do a double fucking tower shield run. And it'll be funny to see me have to dodge around for 30 minutes because it's fun, it's engaging, it's, it's fun to play. I said this after the beta in Final Fantasy VII. The problem is everything's a fucking bullet sponge. It shouldn't take 10 minutes, 15 minutes to kill a fucking boss where you're throwing everything at it. Some bosses in this game were legitimately fun. The behemoth fight was fun as shit because it had certain... Some of the boss fights are legitimately like it was a puzzle. Like the fucking scorpion fight was awful. Oh, you gotta hit the fucking weak point. No, that fucking sucks. The goddamn tank gunner or whatever in Shinra Tower. That fucking sucked. But Hell House. That was a fun-ass fucking fight. Because it kept switching. Like um, it, kept, it, like it was a lighted house and it kept switching its elements that it was weak to or that it was resistant to. The behemoth fight. You, could, you had a chance. You had a choice to attack the horn or the lower body or the upper body to do the certain things and stagger it. But then you got to do this. It was, there were some fights that were just fun, but the majority of the fights in this, whether it be lower baddies or fucking actual things, it was just mashing square. I didn't give a shit about utilizing fucking mana or magic because guess what? I'm over here trying to use fucking magic and I can only do it with two fucking ATB charges. Okay, but I'm constantly trying to heal motherfuckers because everybody else is getting fucked up. I'm now the healing fucking vessel because they don't have the ATB charges and the persistence or the sustain to fucking heal the party. So I might get a fucking blizzard off every now and then with one of my fucking uh, uh, other characters. I hated it, dude. I hated the combat so goddamn bad. It was just mashing fucking square the entire goddamn time. And that was, and it was still taking too fucking long. Yeah, hey, you're just mashing square. No shit. No, 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 no. The, the ATB system, it doesn't allow to go at a battle extremely fucking strategically or anything like the turn-based combat would. So, that's the combat. Okay, past that. Why the fuck? It's Midgar. It's one-tenth of the game. It's probably one-third of the first disc, maybe, probably less than that. It is a small portion of the game. Why the fuck am I unlocking tier three magic in this game? What's the next remake? What am I going to start with tier one magic? When we go on, I think somebody said something about being able to carry your build and your character and all this shit. What are you going to create like crazy ass fucking extra magic every game? We're going to be at tier 15, Firaga, Gaga, Gaga, Grata, Ta, 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 or something? Bert, um, what? Okay, so this is where 
I think it's very important now, right, right here, for you to explain what happens at the end of the game. Because everything that you're saying, I think, is going to be dependent on the end, on okay. what happens That's at the end of this very game. Smart. Very okay. smart. So okay. go, go into it. Like, tell, very tell smart. So throughout the game, you see these like Harry Potter looking ghosts all over the place. God. <laughs> what are they called in Harry Potter? Dude, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, Dementors. The, the Dementors. De- yeah, Dementors. Okay. I was going to say Death Eaters. Think of a Dementor, okay. but just like a hooded figure running around. And, and it's so it's like these things are just everywhere. And you didn't see these. At first, I thought, are these like the robed clones walking all over the place? Like going reunion. But then you see them and they're totally different things. So you see these things. They're called whispers throughout the entire game. And they're there in the beginning. They're there at the end. They're everywhere. And you start to notice they come in whenever like some really crazy shit's going down um so you start to piece together like what the fuck are they doing what why are they like so, like Aerith is about Aerith or whatever I keep I have a fucking habit of calling her Aries because that's what I called her when I was seven Aerith is like about to die at one point in the beginning I believe and the whispers come in and save her and I'm like none of this shit was in the original what the fuck is going on so you find out when you get Red 13 in um, Shinra Tower. I will bitch about that again later. But he starts to explain to you that he, he has information about the Whispers. He starts talking about how they're like arbiters of fate and they control the flow of destiny. And they're here to make sure that destiny um, remains in place. So with that, and at the end of the game, you start to realize... These whispers are, you start to notice, like you start to put the pieces together, they've shown up and they've interrupted things every time the game has made a huge deter or a, like a detour from the original Final Fantasy VII storyline. And then you're like, what the fuck is this coming to? You know, what the fuck is going on? Case in point, Shenra Tower. Um, Sephiroth, they didn't walk up and President Shenra is dead at his desk with Sephiroth's sword inside of him. You're kind of wandering around. You're the huh huh. Um, at one point, you meet up with uh, President Shinra or whatever. Sephiroth shows up and kills him. I think I'm gonna get this mixed up. But at, at during this altercation, you see Sephiroth in Shinra Tower. He kills. At one point, he stabs his fucking sword through Barrett. And I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, this is fucking huge. What the fuck? They just killed Barrett. You know? And I'm freaking out. I was like, what the fuck? This is different. I was almost excited that they were so ballsy that they were doing this crazy shit. And so, you know, because if they couldn't just use a phoenix down on Aerith, they're not using a fucking phoenix down to bring Barrett back either. So, you go through a Genova fight. You get out of that fight. Barrett springs to life as a whisper leaves his body. He's like, what the hell? At that point, I no longer cared what story elements they provided because if this game if a whisper can just come out and change everything i was like you know what i no longer give a shit so cut to the end of the game so when you kill the fucking um big tank guy at the end of the road after the motorcycle and the truck chase and all that shit end of the game killed this boss rope down get out of midgar we're set no because after that fight sephiroth shows up and opens up like a tear into another dimension 
And he's like, I'll be waiting, Cloud, or whatever. And Aerith le seals it, like, leaves it open uh, with magic. And she's like, we've got to go do this. So you go through, and again, this whole time I was just face palming, so I can't recollect this too hard. But you go through this portal. And then all of Midgar starts fucking rising up and getting torn apart and crazy shit's happening. Then it looks like you're fighting in fucking space all of a sudden. You're running up this. It looks like the Devil May Cry 4 fight with the giant angel thing where you're just running up blocks and fucking brick buildings and shit like that. There's shit everywhere. You're running up it and there's this giant fucking rock monster looking demon in the sky. It's like... Uh, the size of the goddamn earth and he's standing up there rah rah and you're like we've got to kill this thing and he's like the master of the whispers the biggest whisper this is the big whisper guy and we've got to kill him because he's fucking all this shit up and then while you're running up to kill him he's like ever all your all your little like cloud and everybody your party is having flashbacks and these like little moments where they see the future they see the pastor sees this like cloud is seeing Aerith getting killed by Sephiroth uh, they're seeing the end of fucking crisis core with Zack they're seeing the end of Advent children they're bringing all these games together and you're like what the fuck is going on so you're like running up blah Blah, you're killing these like mini whisper guys and you're killing them and pieces of him. And when you kill them, the big whisper gets staggered and you go and fuck him up. And then you kill the big whisper. And then it basically comes out that somebody put it perfectly. My buddy Fulton put it perfectly. That whole moment, this whole game, like introducing the whispers and all this shit is basically one big describing moment that this is Square's excuse that they can alter the game however they please from here on out because now the whispers are no longer um, exist or alive or whatever to control and keep the fate of the original Final Fantasy VII storyline in check. So after that, you're then transported to the end of Advent Children and you're now playing Cloud fighting Sephiroth at the end of Advent Children. And I bet people came all over that. I bet people were just nutting. Oh my god, it's fucking nostalgia! Dude. I wanted to throw up. Just real quick, did you care about Advent Children? How much do you care about Final Fantasy VII spinoffs? Like when Advent Children came out, I was a sophomore in high school, and I loved Advent Children. I... At that time in my life, I didn't question certain shit. I was still like this console fanboy that was just... Rah, 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 rah. And Advent Children was like... When Spirits Within came out, it was fucking trash. I was like, fuck this, dude. I don't want this. I want Cloud. Oh, man. I, I, got, a, I got a Spirits things. Within and story for you after this. What's that? Done. I have a Spirits Within story for you after this. Do you recall? Okay, okay. But like Final Fantasy Advent Children comes out. Holy shit. The characters we all know and love. And then you get these three weird guys that you don't really know what they are. They're fucked up clones. They're trying to reunion. All oh, this shit. And then fucking Sephiroth comes out of nowhere and his sword, you know, the two swords become one long one. And it's a fucking the, thing. Oh the metal, God. the metal soundtrack, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I thought it was fucking insane. Shit, that sounds like this. <laughs> yeah, so that's how, that's how I like, I, that's what my thing was with Advent Children. And like when you start looking at like, the concept of fucking Seven and the clones and Genova and all this crazy shit. Seven made, I mean, Advent Children made sense. And, you know, I was fine with it. But it didn't need to fucking be in here. Like, they didn't need to turn this into a multiverse. 
They, God, dude, the game was fine. It was perfect. So, I think that's why Tom told me to bring that up is because when I say, what the fuck are you going to do at the beginning of the next game? Start me off with tier one magic. Yeah, they'll probably find a way to go into some crazy different dimension. Honestly, I don't think we're getting, again, and this, now that I've played it, and I said last time, I don't think we're getting every piece of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, so this falls in line with that. I think they're going to piece together some multiverse shit where like they bring Crisis Core in, they bring Dirge of Cerebus, they bring Advent Children, and they all mix all this shit and get like the good beefy parts of the experience and they throw them into these remake part two, remake part three games and there'll probably just be three. And that's that's how I feel about it. So Question. That, yeah, go how, ahead. How do you think... If what if somebody just bought the second one without playing the first? How how is that segue and gonna be? What do you mean? Like, like if let's say, like, you, will you be completely fucking? Oh, lost? I I can answer that question. Imagine buying Kingdom Hearts three, oh, and God. you've never played a Kingdom Hearts game. Well, I I know that's, that. Like, but but I'm saying, be, like, plot wise, that's where they're going to be at now. Yeah, I, I, everybody I, I, said this was like, a very Kingdom Hearts esque move. Yeah, but I was. Talking more on like the stats aspect, like how would that work? Um, I think it's gonna reset it. I I think with stats stuff, I think um, it will be similar to like the Mass Effect games. I think it's going to be. I think you're gonna have an option to transfer some questions or whatever. Yeah, I think you're gonna have to either it will be set up like that, or if you have your save, there will be some way to transfer your certain data from your save in. But then there's also gonna be like insane power creep to balance out um, the continuing player experience and the new player experience that's gonna be that's that's fucking crazy about yeah, so the program this is this is really what i wanted to get to bart and why i was like oh i think i've got okay, some okay, soundboard stuff for you um because um so we know that you don't like if i was to ask you do you like or dislike this game you would probably tell me you don't like this game right correct okay if this game had been billed to you as not a remake, but if it was literally titled Final Fantasy Reimagining, something that stupid, and you knew going into it you were going to get a game that was based off of the ideas of Final Fantasy VII, but it was not a re- a, a note-for-note remake of Final Fantasy VII, do you think at least with the plot you would view it differently? Yeah, I wouldn't play it. Okay. See, yeah, so, no, I, see, I, I can be objective enough to say, like, if it had been, like, if they came out and said, hey, we're going to completely fuck up Final Fantasy VII and make it a new new experience, 100%. They, I, I mean, I get it for transparency sake and for spoiler sake. They didn't want to say any of that. Yeah. They wanted it to be a big surprise. But everybody thought... Yeah. For the most part, this was going to be Final Fantasy VII. You yeah, know? and that, that's what I really wanted to get at is... So, one thing that I love about the, the current like Marvel movies is that it is an idea where it's like we're taking the ideas of the, all these comics that you read in the 80s and 90s, but it, no, it's there are no guarantees that it will be the same. And all, So, there's all kinds of twists and turns that are very different from the source material that I like. So, I like shit like that. I, I like someone taking these ideas and putting a whole new spin on it but it's kind of always been a known thing that when you go into the stuff that it is not 
a re a redo of the same story that they are adapting certain things from certain places and they're they're mixing a lot of stuff and so i think that's why people are into it in that format i i just i've never seen it be this drastic well that's literally i was going to say is i think so now we're talking about not just saying that like oh like we're still starting with the same point A and ending at point C, but the whole second act we're gonna really rejig. Now we're talking about either like the basically the way it's gonna work is either A, like we are in some purely insane multiversal story, or there's gonna be the one story where like these characters are continuing the original Final Fantasy VII story, but now you're off fucking over in this other universe where it'll be like you and Zack, and you guys are in like this new alternate timeline. And either they will run by side by side from one another, but that's not going to happen. They're going to mix and match and bend all around one another. So we know. Well, they already did that. Well, that's what I'm they, saying. Is like that's like already happening. End, so there's no way Zack didn't uh, die or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, but that's what I'm saying is I think there was a period where you could have looked at it like, oh, like there's going to be like I will be able to play the story I wanted, but I will also be able to play this other story. But what we really know because of that ending is, like you're saying, you are not going to get the story that you expected to get. Aerith is pro- like might not die, like all those beats. Right. And there's a part of me that really likes that idea that is like super into the idea of like oh we're gonna take this and twist it around yeah but if 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 you went to anyone at square and they're like i can't believe people are upset about this i'd be like you are a meth head how can you not expect like when you built for not for years we're talking about since the announcement for like four years or almost five years and then we're talking about since like the idea of Final Fantasy remake being in people's heads, we're talking an ungodly amount of time. How can you like you called it remake? How can you not expect this to be subversive in a way that could hurt the brand pretty bad? And and again, like my smallest problem with the game is its story. My smallest problem because again, like if this was a well-made, well-thought-out game, I and it was like I I would not be this pissed off. I would be like, "Hey, they told us they were changing the game. They very fucking um vaguely told us, "Hey, it's going to be a different game, you know? Like, yeah, that went under so many people's radar. They said we're remaking Final Fantasy 7. Got it." Totally, but I wouldn't have cared. But here's I still have more. So I've talked about the combat and I didn't talk about the fact that you're using magic. You wind up, again, very, very limited items, spells, abilities used because of these ATB gauges. So you wind up smashing the fucking square button the entire fight. Problem is, when you get up to Thundaga, Firaga, all these crazy tier 3 spells, you go to use it. It gets interrupted because somebody hits you or whatever. The ATB is dispensed. The mana, the MP is dispensed. And you didn't fucking fire off a shot. So, you already have this incredibly infuriating, dumbass system that cannot be upgraded. You can fucking take up a materia slot, an ATB gauge, and use haste for a fucking battle or something like that. But, you don't get more ATB gauges to really chain together crazy fucking combos and shit. That's fucking awful that if I get interrupted using magic... Everything is expelled, which happens a lot. Everything is expelled, but the I don't get to use the fucking spell. I hate it. Everything is about... So, 
Let's talk about one of the biggest things was the map design. So I spend five or so hours on the game, getting through a few chapters. I love this. I hate that. I start noticing that, you know, and I, I, I played 13. I played 15. Well, 15 is a little different story, but I played 13. I get it. Square does this thing now where they're like, oh, you go down a hallway, you get into a room. The room is going to have one door that leads to the next hallway to go to the different room. One door is, or one pathway is going to have a small little pathway. You go around the corner, you get an item. It's a fucking ether. It's a high potion. Who knows? Every single, every single second, every single room is just that. You come into a room or a hallway, there's a path here, go around the corner, treasure chest, item. Come back around, go the other way, that's the way you're supposed to go. Every single part of this game is exactly that, rinsed and repeated 500,000 times. Problem with it is, is when you have shit like chapter 6, when it's the same square platforms over and over and over again, over and over and over again, as a build-up to the Airbuster fight. There's a giant room with a bunch of rafters, and the mission is, we've got to turn off four lamps to get power to this shit to open the door or whatever. Okay, so now we have to go through platform after platform after platform after platform. Kill these dumbass battles over and over again of sponge of fucking what what are the sponge health whatever the fuck I'm losing it now I can't even fucking think bullet sponge enemies to turn off a fucking lamp makes yeah they're like oh it needs it it fucks up when it gets light or some shit so now we got to go turn off all the lamps guys got to go turn off four lamps you spend an hour and a half two hours running around turning off these lamps fighting these annoying ass bullet sponge fights over like. Fuck, dude. It's insane how awful this is. It's the same platform over and over and over again. Alright, get to the next area. Now what do we have? This part was decent. So depending on how many key cards you find, you can put a key card into a computer and you take certain things off of the Airbuster boss fight. Like he has this huge arsenal. He has bombs. He has a computer chip that makes him faster. He has this. He has that. And every key card you find... You put it in the computer and you take one away. Problem is, it's not a reward for finding it. Because all it is, you go into a room, you fight the same bad guys. You kill them all, there's a fucking key card sitting on the table. You pick it up, you go to the computer and you pick left or right. Do I want to take away bombs? Do I want to take away the computer chip so he doesn't have a lot of shit to do? You go upstairs. You go up a staircase, back a staircase, same room, same fight, same key card, same fucking thing. You go up a stair, back a stair, same room, same fight, same key card, same thing. I think there was one key card that in the stairs there were some boxes you could smash. It was in there. Otherwise, five times. You do that five fucking times. Bruh. After, after this fucking nonsense platform shit, filler ass fucking design to beef up the game. We've got, hey guys. Uh, we've got a three-hour fucking game we got to sell to people for six hours. How do we make Midgar a 50-hour experience? That's fucking how. Awful fucking game design that everybody is sucking its fucking dick. And here's the thing. I didn't used to always be like this. A long time ago, I probably would have played a game like this and just been like, okay, this is a thing. I have to go into this room. I have to do this. I The reason I've been using the word filler so much, obviously, we've all talked about how, like, Jonathan Blow to me is like Hideo Kojima too hosey. Everything that guy does, I think, is a fucking goldmine. And he has a Twitch channel. Um, Naysayer88 or something, I believe, like that. 
And he streams, a lot of his streams are like programming or fucking he'll show him working on a game or he'll show him um, having little like talking to other developers and programmers and putting back ideas back and forth. But he was, he was, like, he was streaming Half-Life Alex before and he's just like just listening to this guy. You start to learn shit when you surround yourself with like intelligent people that know what the fuck they were doing. The dude's been fucking programming for like 40 years. When they, you, you, it's like the same as reading books. It's the same as going to fucking school or something like that. You start to pick up some things. And when they can point out certain things like this is all this is, is this is trying to lengthen the game. Think about Halo fucking Combat Evolved, the entire game being truth and reconciliation. The same hallway, the same big room, the same fight, the same hallway, the same big room. That's all Final Fantasy fucking 7 is. And like, it's, I remember they were talking about this when the PS3 came out when Resistance uh, was a thing, like the fucking Halo killer and shit. They were, they, were, they were talking about moments where like, you're just walking down a long corridor for fucking like a long fucking time. And that's just filler. All Final Fantasy VII is, is this goddamn filler in between towns where you can do little side quests. And the side quests are bullshit. The crane. The fuck, they'll be like, <laughs> in this town, every town has like six side quests or whatever. This one, hey, go collect the chickens. Hey, the kids need to come back to school. They all have a sword on their back. Gotta go fucking tell them to come back now. And it's just running around the what town. What do you get? What do you get for these things? A plethora of things. Um, I there there are certain story elements. There was something like obviously in the wall market, you got like a better dress, which I don't even know if the fucking dresses had a play in this, dude. I just think the dude got a dress to, depending on a certain thing, and I don't know if there was the element that was like, hey, Corneo will pick you or will pick this person or whatever. I didn't look too far into that, but. The rewards were not that fucking great. It was it was not obviously not memorable at all. But um, I do believe like you had to do certain story because I did every fucking quest in the game, aside from the little weird kid who has like stagger challenges and shit like that. Every side quest and everything, I wanted to get like the best shit, and I did. And it just I remember, I remember looking it up though. I think for Aerith, you had to do like all the specific quests, and she got the best dress or anything. But I mean, dude. It didn't need to be that mission over and over and over again, you know? Or it's, hey, go walk back through this dangerous area and kill three dragons and come back. The whole game was like that, dude. And that's like level fucking 10 and below MMO shit. Go go kill 10 peppercorns and come back to me. Oh my god. And it's, it's 2020. We got this shit right in 97. What the fuck are you doing now, you know? Um, so I think my, my question to you would be is how many other JRPGs have, like, I haven't played that many recently. How many have you played, Hosey, and have you played that many? Like, I think Persona 5 is the only thing I've really touched that much as of late. I, I kind of stopped fucking around with JRPGs after the PS2 era, I believe. Okay, so... Combat in games has definitely moved more away, like further and further away from anything like really slow and methodical. Right. Um. So I think I kind of, to a degree, understand why they might like they felt like they should revamp the combat system to modernize it. Uh, haven't played the game, so I'm not gonna say if if that was a good or a bad idea. But I think I can understand the intent. Um, my thing would be, do you think? that with the story that they presented, do you think that 
the gameplay that they added to the game was necessary to present that. Um, I don't think so. I honestly think the game, they could have made everyone happy. They could have literally added in a piece. Because here's the thing, the battles, there's not like bad guys wandering around the map. You know, it's not like 13, I believe, where you can see the bad things and like go up to them and fight them. And 15 was the same way, I believe. There's a battle here. And these enemies cannot go past a certain threshold. They are kept in their little corral in the game. Um, so here's the thing. You could have made it to where you come up to this spot and you pick in the game settings. I want turn-based. I want this. I want this. You could have gone up to this battle. Got into it. You could fucking make the screen go blurry. Whatever you want to do. And then it be a turn-based battle. It would have not been hard whatsoever compared to the shit they did. Like... You could have put that in and made everybody fucking happy, but I, I, it's, it sucks that, because here's the thing, the battle, a lot of people that agree with a lot of the shit I say, the battle system, they enjoyed, but I just feel like, like, I do, the amount of fucking limit breaks or spells or anything that sent themselves into a fucking wall because the bad, the bad guy, like, crawled around, <laughs> or something like that, like, the targeting system did not lock onto them, it said, target, lock, it didn't fucking lock on. And in a game like this, you have to fucking lock on. And then clouds fucking like jumping through midair. Like, wh why come? How, how come for so many fucking like in the air battles? And there's not a lot of options for taking, you know, excuse me, these air airborne fucking battles. Because again, ATB charges are spent on fucking healing or doing other shit. I'm constantly ATB charges are spent on increasing my fucking mana to keep that up. And. Barrett is, like, fucking useless half the time. Like, Barrett taking out fucking winged enemies. He can either be doing that on his own and other fucking characters. It, it, the foundation of it, I keep saying the same thing over and over again. Because people would tell me, they're like, dude, are you enjoying it? And there were parts of the game that I was like, this is fucking tight. But I cannot enjoy it because the foundation sucks my fucking soul out of my ass. The combat system is so fucking dicked up. And so, like, another, um... Holy shit. So, back to your back to your statement. I don't think they needed this combat to present the story elements. There were certain story elements that I so Final Fantasy 7, you can absolutely expand on it. You can absolutely take Final Fantasy 7 and go so many different pathways and explore. What they did with Jesse's parents. There's a mission where you just go with Jesse's parents or no, go to Jesse's parents' house to steal a key card to get in the fucking uh reactor or some shit like that. And they're all talking about, "Oh, she makes great pizza. Cloud, you got to sneak in." That was cool. That was entertaining. I don't consider that filler because you go into her house and you're seeing like how her dad died or like her baby pictures and her child pictures, stuff like that. It was legitimately like added some character development. But then there's other shit that you just don't fucking need, dude. So um, climbing up, obviously in the original game, when you're going to Shinra Tower, you go to Wall Market, you go to the wall, you have that you go, you go up the wall and you have a couple jumping mini games. You got to put the batteries in that you got from the market. And then you just climb up and you get to Shinra Tower because Shinra Tower is a fucking workload. It is a mouthful. You are about to take on fucking Shinra Tower and it is a big part of the game. So they didn't need this incredibly exhausting bullshit climbing up to Shinra Tower. Cut to remake, there is a two-hour portion 
damn near, of the most annoying, climbing up rubble, fighting annoying-ass battles, annoying fucking battles, dude, and all it is is climbing up fucking rubble, and I'm climbing up the same ladder, and I gotta fight the same bad guy, I gotta climb up another ladder, and it's such a long, fucking awful part of the game. And then you get to Shinra Tower, and now we're like, fuck! Now there's a lot of shit to do, I'm exhausted from this, I gotta pick this up tomorrow! This isn't fucking fun anymore! So you get to Shinra Tower, and Shinra Tower is beautifully done. The lighting, and how low-lit it is, and how reflective it is, and everything's shiny. It's beautiful from the shit you've been staring at the whole time. The slums and everything. And then, you take a little tour. What I loved about Shinra Tower in the original, every floor that you had to go to and find a key card, there was a different minigame, a different thing you could do. The doors that you had to unlock a specific direction. You had to guess the password. You can go into the library and do the password. You can bring the pieces of Midgar back to the little puzzle and do it. There was so much shit to explore and do. And then there were dangerous levels where you, and then you start getting higher and higher and the shit gets creepy and creepy. You get to Hojo's lab and it's fucking so well done. Cut to remake. Everything is wrapped up really quickly in this dumbass museum you have to walk through. And then you get to a floor where this little shithead is at and there's a training simulator. You go above that and now you're in Hojo's fucking drum or whatever. That you, sp uh, again, the most, the same hallway, the same bad guys, the same room, same hallway, same bad guys, same room. Hey guys, we gotta pull all these switches. We gotta pull the four switches. Every fucking dickhead chapter of this game is we gotta do the four things and then we'll fucking fight the boss and get on. And dude, like, we're, there, there's, there's smarter game design in 2020. And that's what you sold people. Because the thing about it, the game was already made. You did not have to do all of this to introduce these dumbass whispers. You didn't have to make all these extra segments to introduce these dumbass whispers and what you wanted to do with the game. I have so much more to bitch about. But I'm already exhausted thinking about it, dude. Um, so with this game being as hyped as it was and all that stuff, like... According to like the charts and stuff, this is like probably one of the fastest selling games like ever right now. And it, oh, and they knew it, it would be, so they could do exactly. Anything. So, do you think that there's a ton of other people that feel that way, like the same way as you and the concurrent players are going to drop like bricks? Or do you think I, I, I? Here's the thing, man. It's just like the Star Wars sequels and everything. Hardcore fans of franchises that should speak the fuck up and tell a developer or producer or whatever, hey, this was bullshit and this is why, they don't do that because they're so fucked up in nostalgia that they just want to fuck, they want to enjoy it. They want other people to enjoy it. So they see these little things and they all felt the same shit I did. They all felt as aggravated. A game doesn't have to be aggravating through design. A game can be aggravating through the challenge yeah. or through the fucking playing. It can be fun. Exactly. It can make you want to keep doing it but if it's aggravating by design if it makes you fucking bored these are things a hardcore fan base should do but when motherfuckers are like i guess i'm just too hardcore of a fan no you're fucking doing a disjustice or an injustice to every other fucking fan and yourself because you should speak up and say hey this was fucked up and it better be better next time or i'm not gonna fucking buy a it. hardcore fan would, would would you know weigh things out exactly do the star wars sequels like, if you're such a fucking fan, Darvish. dude, you should speak up and say, hey, this was fucking dumb. This sucked. Don't do it again. I, like, oh, I, li I liked it, though. I liked it. but the, And that's the thing. What what comes with I liked it was you break it down. You're like, okay, think about this really horribly done piece. And it's just one piece of the pie. And they're like, yeah, I thought that was a little dumb. But overall, I liked it. No, 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 no. Because I can say that about every Anything. 10 seconds of the yeah. game. There was a problem with that. Dude. 
I want to fucking throw up thinking about it, man. That's that's exactly the fucking problem. Oh yeah, here here's the thing. You unlock Red 13. Why the fuck can I not play him? Why is he not a playable character? Why does why is he an NPC that just attaches himself to the party? Because you got to save it for the fucking sequel, bro. The sequel bait. Oh my god. Here here here's the reality. Here's here's what we've definitely come to understand about this. Um I think to some people it may sound like Bert is in old man screaming at a cloud mode. But he's not. What's actually going on here is they, I think, in, a, in an age where I think it's becoming more acceptable to play with people's expectations, took a really massive, massive risk um, that I think for some people, they feel like the risk has paid off. Because I know a few people who are huge FF7 fans who are like, I'm going to finish this and I'm going to go right back. Which to me, play, finishing any big JRPG and going right back uh, makes you brain damaged. But um, I think it worked for some people. I think especially people that liked the where the Final Fantasy series has been going with 13 and uh, 15. If you're one of those people, I, I don't understand you, but rock on. Um, but I, I think that the next game is... I don't know. I know that the sales for this have been incredible. There was no way the sales weren't going to be incredible. And I don't necessarily think there's going to be a massive dip in the next game. But it's not like there are going to be plenty of people that feel the way you do, Bert, right now. That either because they don't like the story or because they don't like the cop. Because they wanted Final Fantasy VII and that's what they were told they were going to get. They're going to walk away. Yeah. Because if you want Final Fantasy VII. You're just gonna go play Final Fantasy VII if you want. If you want extra lore, like you can YouTube it. But I think with the amount of frustration that you're expressing and like the combat and like, and just, and really just with the actual fucking game, the whole game with the That's... game, the the interactive part, uh, I could not see a world where anyone who feels the way that you feel about it, which I think is a lot of people, are gonna. Be like, I will go back for the punishment yeah. because say, of Final Fantasy VII, because I love it so much. You have, and you have the people that are just like, well, I'm already strapped in. Well, I know, and I don't think those people are necessarily wrong. Like, I'm, I'm definitely, no, no, no. like, I definitely am one of the people that's like, people like what they like, do whatever. Um, but I, but what I'm saying is, I think as far as like the peak, like we have now hit the peak of Final Fantasy VII hype and sales. And I think I think that this particular gamble is not going to pay off. I think it's downhill after yeah, this. I don't, yeah, I think like you're, it's going to tick down, especially if they... like We all knew that this was probably going to be uh, a three-part game, and it could probably end up being more. Like, if they made Final Fantasy XIII and did three parts, I think we're expecting yeah. three parts, maybe four. Everything is always three parts. Yeah, you know, and it's just... Trilogy. I don't think... I really think we've, we've hit the top. And unless they find, unless they inch something where like everyone gets to have their cake and eat it, everybody who wanted anything gets it all, which is just never going to happen. Right. Like we so, have, like this is the I, apex, and it's over. I, 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 I yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I I think that if this is marketed as anything else, which it will be, um, anything other than the next what people are expecting after Midgar, you go to Calm, you go to Chocobo, you go to the fucking big-ass snake thing, um, Midgar fucking Gromus or whatever it's called. Um, you go to Juno, or, you know, and you have the fucking 
where you get the Phoenix. I forgot all these goddamn places, but the fort. Um, if it's any, it marketed anything other than that portion of the game, I wholeheartedly agree with you. The sales are just going to plummet, and they have to market it otherwise because that's the bed they've made. Um, I will ask: Are you are you are you off? Are you done? Is that it? Am I going to buy? Are you going to get the sequel? And that, that's another thing I told Zach. Me and Zach went back and forth a lot because he really enjoyed the game. But he also, you know, refused to criticize. That's one thing. Like, if somebody's... If y'all are listening to this or if we're ever talking or if one of y'all want to, like, ask me a question or something like that, I love fucking going back and forth about video games with anybody. I will go back and forth. I love... This is my biggest passion in life. I will die with my biggest passion being video games from when I was two years old. That's all I... It's the thing I've ever known. Um... I love going back and forth, and I'll talk to anybody about it, but do not sit here and just say positive things about a game to try and, like, because I feel like you're trying to convince me. I feel like you're trying to convert me into believing that I'm wrong and that um, these serious ideas that you cannot convince me otherwise, because if I come out and say, hey, I think this was bad because of this, and if you cannot come back with a counterpoint to say, like, Oh, no, this is why it was smart design, but all your rebuttal is, yeah, I like that, I didn't mind that. I don't want to talk about games with Mm -hmm. you, because I don't want to talk about games with somebody that just says positive shit. I don't want to talk about games with somebody that is clueless to a criticism, that is clueless to the negatives, the ebb and flow, the positive, the negative, yes and no. This is what worked, this is what didn't, because that's everything. And if you're the type of person that only says, I like this. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to... I had a buddy like that in Louisiana, and we just stopped talking because I would not go back and forth with him. I'd just, be, I'd just shut it down. Like, hey, man, you and I don't see games the same way, and I don't want to hear you praise a game over and over again. Every time a game comes out, I don't want to hear it. And, like, I was talking about my buddy Zach... Zach wasn't like that. Zach had a shit ton of things he hated about the game that he finally opened up with. He was like, no, 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 this is what I hate. Okay, but that any... For in the future... um. Here's the thing, for research purposes and for this podcast, like most games, even if games I don't like, I will buy the next big mm-hmm. hit just to talk about them and tell them to you guys. And like, it's just like kind of like an investment I have to, you know, with this podcast and get which, it out yeah. there because we can't ignore something like which, this. But I'm, I'm saying as a fan, as, as Bert, yeah, yeah, uh, getting media vibes away from it. Um, yeah. Like, I, I couldn't see you like returning. Yeah. I've been Square lost me a long time ago like I hated the fact that 13 was like 20-30 hours of a hallway basically this is Final Fantasy we're talking about and just horrible fucking design and yeah you can talk about it oh well Midgar was a fucking hallway it was very linear yeah like all the intros have been linear all of that and I get it, games are changing and I'm not stuck in turn based 1998 fucking JRPG land but it just doesn't grab me. So, like, I hated 13. I didn't play any of the other ones. Um, 15, I hated not as bad as 13, but I just fit. What I hated about 15 was the combat. I played the shit out of 15, but I this is just not the combat system for me. And then when it goes to 7, something that was well done, and you didn't have to fuck it up. Thank God they didn't fuck up Materia, and they kept that fucking the same. But... I, this is, this is, these are the gripes I have about the ATB system. Um, so a couple quick notes. I'm going to get off of Final Fantasy VII, but 
something that I really fucking loved. I was skeptical. I was like, if they get rid of Train ga Graveyard, I will be furious, dude. Because that had so much potential to be a really special part of the game. And they nailed it. Like, finally, when you get out of a certain area, you go up, you get to the Train Graveyard, and it was everything I wanted it to be. It was everything I wanted it to be. I was like, this can be so fucking special. And it was. The train graveyard, it was two small parts. You go through, you're doing a couple things and different trains hopping in and out. You're fighting ghosts and shit like that. And you, there's a boss battle at the end and all that shit. And the next area, like it wasn't the same platform over and over. It was just a big hangar where you had to go and lower a fucking train or whatever. It was very fucking well done. Now, one of my favorite parts about Remake was... The fact that every area in the game, there was obviously like some special enemy they took a lot of pride in in the original game because you could most of the time steal a very highly high quality item from them. And that was always the like the bad guy in the area that you were like searching for or that had a lot of fucking effort put into their character design. And the fucking bad guy, the enemy designs were crazy back then, but they brought like there was one character almost in every area that they made like this like mini boss out of. And the fights, they, they did them very fucking well. These mini-boss fights, um, they did them very fucking well. In the train graveyard, that was one of my favorite fights of the fucking game. Hellhouse was the same one. They just made that a crazy fucking boss fight. That was, that was very well fucking done. So, there are things of the game that I think were outstanding. And other things, dude, I just... They could go in the trash. But... If this was packed down, just to end it, if this was packed down to like a 25, 30 hour game, would you think that a lot of this bullshit, like, like uh, padding stuff, would just, you think this would be a much more solid experience, or do you think it, there was no saving it with the main core mechanics? No, I, th I think no, there was absolutely a way to save it. Um, I think you could make it um, a 10, 15 hour game, maybe. Because you go back in the day, your first time going through Midgar, you were there for quite some time. You know, especially Shinra Tower. So, cut it in half. I think I think there's... You know, take out all that filler. Take out all that bullshit. I don't need a two-hour um, uh, fucking preparation for something as minuscule as Airbuster. Um, go, like, stop. No, no, no. I don't need to fucking wail at an enemy. It feels so useless wailing at an enemy for 20 minutes. A boss, if, if a boss battle is not fun, if I'm able to inflict damage and I feel like I'm not inflicting the level up system, I feel like I'm not doing a goddamn thing when I level up. I never even thought about leveling up in this one. Like nothing came with it. Nothing good was there when I leveled up. Um, everything was just so hidden and minuscule, and there was no reward or anything. No, I, I, I think there's so much more shit, but I definitely think. Um, they they just missed it, and but I mean to me you know the their fucking review scores are out the door. You go on all these forums, everybody's shitting all over it. But when you bring up certain things that I'm saying, eh, I, I I get that, but I enjoy I think it. To, I think to some people like the entire planet is very objective. So um, I think to some people this might have been what they wanted. I think I think what we'll come to find out over time is that. The amount of people that actually want that this is the product that they were hoping for there's a lot less of them than people think there actually are um okay i mean i really i really do think that like i've seen enough people that just love this this style of storytelling um that seem like they really like it and that you know it became less dystopian and a little more outrageous and 
some people like that kind of stuff. So I, I don't doubt that there is that there are people that like this game that think it's well designed and that would also think that like eh, it's like I can look past it because I like the lore. You know, I can look past some shoddy shit sometimes. But I I do think this isn't gonna crash and burn this series. But I don't. I think you're just not gonna continue to see. It's impossible to see this level of hype ever again. You know what sucks is that so many people get caught up on graphics, right? Oh, it's such a pretty game. And we talked about this about the beta, but like the character models in this game are the characters that you play are phenomenal. Look at any other part of the game, sub Shinra Tower. Go go to the wall market, go to the slums. And I first noticed this when you go up to the hotel, Tifa like walks Cloud over to, you look at the door on the hotel that you like go into and that's all over the place. It looks like PS2 graphics. And then you go to the wall market and you look at like the vegetables or the fruit stands or anything like any of the buildings, any of the textures in this game are the worst things I've seen in a long time. It's the lowest resolution shit I've ever seen. And like, I get it. Like some of the segments where he like has to duck under a fucking thing is so ridiculous and it's for loading purposes, but it's, it's awful because some points you'll load a giant area and then some areas you'll there will be like you're in a tiny area but i've got to take 20 seconds to duck under this wall and load something it's it's horrible fucking design horrible graphics like what i was jerking off earlier was the scale of everything it wasn't the fucking graphical fucking capabilities and i think i was it's about to say definitely, i think the design the design of the world is cool but it does not look like i've had to be able to be like this is gorgeous and it is gorgeous comparatively to the original game yeah but compared to anything else that's on this generation like within the last couple of years it's not like it's not gorgeous and maybe it's because they've been working on this forever you know and like we're basing it on old tech but you put this next to death stranding you put it next to horizon zero dawn like it doesn't hold a candle to it even red dead Mm -hmm. it's not there no so we can we can move on Cool. Uh. Cool. So Bert went in pretty deep on that uh, Final Fantasy VII remake shit, but now we're gonna do some Q and A, which we'll probably touch upon uh, the game again for a little bit. Um, yeah. So this one goes from. Uh, let's see. Okay. Whispers Invoke asked the thoughts on the FF7 remake versus the disc one of the OG. Um, like, what do you think was done better? on on the remake versus what was done on the fir- on the actual original and vice versa. Physical disc is definitely a lot nicer and a lot prettier. <laughs> I don't even know what move the on. Disc. I remember what the physical disc looked like. That thing was sexy. I've got it sitting over here and I'll I'll send you a picture. It was like all white. It was like all white, right? It's like basically all white that is the the black PS1 disc, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. Next question. I'm just kidding. Bert, go. <laughs> Bert, go. Uh, well, I mean, I like I said, I think the things I just because I said the train graveyard was done so well, um, I wouldn't call it being done better. Um, just because I mean, battles were better to me back then. Uh, and you can't say disc one because disc one is like 10 times the size. But as far as Midgar, again, the scale on remake is gorgeous. Like, just being able to look up and see the plate above you, and then, like, when the plate falls, you'd see the plate's not there anymore, and how you can, like, really piece together, like, okay, we're in Sector 6, so if I look this way, that's Sector 5, and then the other way is Sector 7. It felt like a city. It was really fucking sick. Um, 
I loved... So in Final Fantasy VII, when you save Aerith out of the church, y'all hop over some fucking um, rooftops, and y'all are down in the, um, the church. This is a perfect explanation as to where the filler or the buffing Midgar out to be a 20-hour experience could have come into play. You leave shit like after Cloud and Aerith get out of the church from away from Reno, there's like a there's like a 10-minute segment or so where in the OG, it was a couple seconds, you just hop from a couple rooftops, you're back down at Aerith's house. But here, um, you're walking across the rooftops and you're climbing down ladders and all that shit. There's a pretty little music playing and Aerith is just being cute as shit to Cloud. And you're seeing Cloud become like hooked on her. You know, you can see him start to imprint on her. And that's where this connection comes from Cloud and fucking Aerith. And that part was done so fucking well. So there are a few parts like Jesse's parents, Cloud and Aerith walking and shit like that. Like you can explore these characters. You can buff out moments. Like that's huge. You just saved this broad out of a church from people coming and trying to kidnap her and you're walking her home. Yeah, the original game, I would say this was done better than the original game. Because original game, you just hop from a couple fucking rooftops. That was cute. I get it. 97. Here, we're exploring it more. We're making more character building and stuff like that. That was done well. Um, you got anything else or is that pretty much... That's that's it, man. Everything else was fucking dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I'm scared. Cool. We're actually going to switch it up here. Uh, the dog side asks, Streets of Rage 4 is coming out soon. Any other beat-em-up you would love to see come back? Uh, I would love to see, personally, that Scott Pilgrim game be brought back because that game was fucking awesome and really hard, mm-hmm. and it just got like destroyed from the ether. Like, yeah, I was about to say, that, I just... feel like that's a, a big one for a lot of people. That uh, I do know the licensing for that has uh, essentially made that not possible. Right, yeah. Um, that game was really, really fun, and I did not expect it to be as good as it was. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually going to say, there's not really a specific one, but a lot of the games I played the most when I was younger were, like, the licensed game beat-em-ups, like, like Power Rangers Turtles ones in and time. Turtles in Time. Uh, there's a ton of, like, Marvel and like, DC Comics ones. And Turtles in Time has been brought back multiple times. In like I was about to say, I would have loved to have said Turtles in Time, but they have already brought that back and fucked it up. Yeah. So uh, yeah, bring bring it back without it being poo poo caca garbage. Um, <laughs> there so. was a Power Rangers game that was a beat 'em up. Yeah, that game was sick. Bring yeah. that back. Uh, the Genesis. There's a Genesis one. There's Genesis one. Version, there's one yeah. for the show, and then there's one for the movie. Um, I had both of them. Those are the ones I think I played the most. They're only like uh-huh. those are like forty minute games. Um, but I would like that realm of stuff to come back. Like that's another thing where the licensing has really made the idea of those ever getting re-released on collections almost like impossible. A lot of those games but, are like those type of genre games are always like a license too. A lot of them. Oh yeah, I think it's just because it was easy to make and quick to make. Yeah. Um, but some like I feel like the beat 'em up genre is pretty hard to just mess up. So a lot of them are at least decent. So I would yeah. I would love to see. Maybe not even those games. Those games come back, but like at least be like reissued now. But that's not going to happen outside of yeah. a couple. And I think Streets of Rage would have been most people's pick for that question. Yeah, that's kind of like the most like legendary. I really people. hope it's not fucking dick, dude, because Streets of Rage was such a fun time. Yeah. The thing is, I like those games for how short they even are because yeah. because that's the thing about 
like making these games so long is that like do we want to just do that for four hours i'm about to say yeah like a four hours is a short game now but couldn't you imagine playing a beat-em-up where, where the combat does not really change for uh for that long yeah i no. mean the beat-em-ups have like kind of evolved into like 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 the metroidvania kind of things have like adopted a lot of those aspects yeah. like when you play games like guacamelee which is a great game with a good mm-hmm. example of like still puzzly and whatnot but it has that very much like oh segment where you're like, oh beat all the guys move on to the next thing yeah um, i would i would i would argue that the beat-em-up genre diverged into those kinds of games and then the third person action games are like the other end of the evolution spectrum um but yeah i don't know i i feel like that's that would be really there's a few games i would like to, i would love those license games to come back out but uh I don't really want to see a beat em up resurgence because it's just not there's not that much variety there. Maybe someone can yeah. spin it. I don't know. It doesn't. There's not too much you can do with it. Yeah, if a tongue come out, I'm not buying them. <laughs> cool. Um, let's see. So on Discord last podcast, I wasn't able to ask this one, um, but Lorak asked, um, "Growing up, talk about your favorite video game magazines." Um, uh, how do you, sorry, reading this one was okay. He says I was a big fan of Game Fan magazine back in the day. But what are your some of some of I your never favorite? Never even heard of Game Fan. Yeah, I don't know that one. Is yeah. that like not in the U.S. or something? Is no, this... that was that was the real one. Um, let me see. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna look at a picture of this just because I if I see it, I might know it. And blah, 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 blah. I think wow, yeah, that's I, older. Holy this is before my time because I, yeah, I right? before. I don't really think I bought gaming magazines until I was like six or seven. It looks like uh, this was a very early first oh, issue, ninety two. shit. Seat publication in two thousand. Yeah, Symphony this... of the Night for a front page. Final Fantasy seven front page. Yeah, this is just too early for me. I, I at I, my job um, a few months ago, my boss pulled out boxes of magazines, and he was like, "I never knew what to do with these because we didn't have the room, but." Now we do. We have more shelves and stuff. So do you want to just kind of go through these and look them up and whatever? So I started to, and I saw so many of ones that, like, you guys, I didn't even know existed. But I did see a ton of Game Fan. And I was like, Jesus Christ, they have great covers um, from what I, from the ones that I pulled aside. There was, like, a Jet Set Radio one, too. I think I, I, think I pulled that one for myself. But, um, I mean, growing up, when I was able to get anything, obviously a lot of us came from like the Game Informer era, because I was like at GameStop and whatnot. Um, but a couple other ones that I liked were EGM, and uh, and then I had the uh, PlayStation Magazine and the PlayStation Underground, just because I had that signed up thing. But uh, EGM was one of the big ones, and they still exist, but it's like an online thing, and it's kind of like like a sad type of version of it. Um, but yeah, that was probably my favorite. Uh, so I was one of the people that got Nintendo Power strictly for like the reward system and shit you could yeah. get like the link to the I mean a uh, Zelda fucking Master Quest and then the collector's edition all that crazy shit. Nintendo Power was fucking solid. My favorite one was uh GamePro. I I liked the way they did their reviews. I liked reading their reviews. What's, What's up? up? That was definitely my favorite. I loved Game so, so, like, like I, I th- think I bought this when we were on tour together, but in my hand is the... And this is, like, if you remember that era, you know how fucking crazy 
this was like when all of these were converging it was this specific um so tony hawk's underground 2 is featured in this but the front page is halo 2 versus kill zone versus metroid prime 2 that was like the fucking trilogy of fps wars right there as the craziest fucking time of my life like all of that that was the time to be a fanboy dude crazy that that's crazy that's a crazier time in your life than uh literal war and marriage so yeah oh no 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 pretty insane. this was this was the time this was it <laughs> dude, those, dude. those are small shit <laughs> to and some of those riders they were like savage mode they oh, were they were they were oh, like yeah. Typing, typing up some awesome shit. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they were. It was all biased. Like it's crazy that that's the cover, and on the bottom left in small print is just Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Like that takes the fucking center over this shit. I love it. Um, uh, I, I loved. I EGM and GamePro were definitely like the big ones for me when I, yeah. I had some Nintendo powers, um, and then you know Game Informer. I when I got like. GameStop cards, you know, I started getting that, which is never very good. I actually still read that now because at the school library at my job, they get that every month. And it's net like, I always pick it up and I think, I'm going to dive through this whole magazine and I'm like four four pages into like the one big article I don't mm-hmm. care anymore. Um, Retro Gamer, I liked a lot, even though it's not like, it was really an import magazine. Um, and it still gets published, but it's like, you know, a prestige like 10 or $15 item. Mm-hmm. when you buy it yeah now. there's a couple that still get like printed i've never yeah. seen um you can still find that one in uh barnes and nobles but i also i don't think this one got mentioned do you remember tips and tricks magazine i remember tips and tricks that, yeah, yeah i've got a few of those at work that, yeah i've got a i found a few actually no one thing that really sucked when i moved i talked about this with my mom today when i ran by their house man i wish you guys could see my dad my dad is like old so he is concerned about the coronavirus as he should right. be but he was i brought him some mask because they were having these homemade ones and my dad had one over his face made out of one of his old t-shirts and it just looked like he was chewing on a fucking diaper <laughs> <laughs> and he would try to talk and it sounded like he went <laughs> and i would just nod like yeah totally dad but um i was talking to her about like i was picking up the, the rest of my consoles i wanted to bring them here um because I, ha- I had like half of those consoles i mentioned at the beginning of the episode at their house and uh she was like you still have a lot of that stuff i was like yeah i threw a lot of things away and one of the things i threw away was all of my game magazines and guitar magazines oh and i really regret that especially the guitar stuff and the game stuff honestly but i i had to like when my parents were moving i my mom did some of the packing but i did like to be honest the majority of the moving of a house they had lived in for 30 years um including my brother's stuff because like he and my dad did not help so i had to make some choices and i just i was like well i know i can throw my shit away Mm -hmm. uh so i I fucking really regret that but tips and tricks was a big one for me i loved it because you you know you open up the back and there was cheats for everything any game that had cheats it was in there Mm -hmm. um and then there were all the cool like guides and like glitch stuff in the front of the magazine and I just thought that was like a spin that no other gaming magazine had because it, it just it wasn't a magazine about like gaming news. It had a very specific goal. 
And so there's all the mini guides and all the cheats and everything. And I just thought it was like a way cooler spin. So I think that'll be a thing if I start seeing those in game stores. That'll be something I'll try to pick up for a few bucks here and there. Just to oh, and if people oh. that are listening have like their Nintendo powers and stuff, hold on to those because those actually retain or even gone bigger in value. A lot of those have. I've had to like seal them up and put them in the case because some of them are expensive. If even even more so if they have like. A lot of the Nintendo powers came with like something you can take from the book, um, like a like the when Double Dash had like the bumper stickers and um, uh, mm-hmm. Earthbound, how the the stickers that you could smell. I think um, that one is it's pretty hard to find, but uh, yeah, those are cool. Um, there was a Ocarina of Time one that I, I don't remember. No, I think it was Majora's Mask. It might have came with like a map thing too, um, and those are those that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, those Nintendo powers are really nice, and they were pretty thick too, if I remember corre- uh, correctly. Cool. That's something I wanted to bring up. Is like, if there's any kids or teenagers or anything like that listening to this, I cannot stress how important it is to like not try and make a quick buck by selling a lot of your shit, because like there is shit that I thinking about my GameCube and my Xbox collection that I let go for like pennies now you know just like a quick like oh i want money so i'm gonna sell all this like you have no idea when you start getting into your mid-20s how much you wish you had all you that hear that all back. the time yeah. so like yeah like magazines games any physical item like ask your parents or just buy a little box put it in the attic put it in the fucking closet somewhere and just put it there and you will appreciate like i pull sh- random shit out there's little golden Burger King fucking Pokemon oh, card yeah. things. Like, I'll find those in random places. And I they, they used to be everywhere. These things used to be everywhere. And now, like, the tiniest one that I find, it, like, I cannot describe, like, how fucking awesome it makes you feel knowing that you have that from back then. So, like, try to hold on to that as much as one possible. Thing- I have this big collection that I was mentioning earlier here is because I don't want to lose that again yep. um, I, I, like even some of these games they are not in usable condition some of the consoles are um a lot of like the stuff i have my childhood is but i just want to keep it because of that because of the memories i have attached to because when i moved i was thankful to clean out my life and like get rid of some stuff but uh now i think about how much i would love to have some of those things just to see just to look at and just oh, like yeah. But also, we can't give that advice because if people start doing that, Hosian will eventually be out of the job because his entire <laughs> life is predicated around. No, no, no. If you have, if you have Funko Pops, sell them. If you have Funko Pops, bring them sell to them. Planet Fun and sell all of them right now. But if you have things, if you have things that actually matter on the planet, then hold on. I mean, like, like literally, get Just, what you'd like, and that 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 you'll be happy. Like, like don't if you hate Mario. Don't buy a Mario magazine unless you were just like, I'm going to sell this, man. But, like, getting what you like, it, you feel more attached to it later on. And then you, when you find out it's worth something, you don't even want to sell it. You're just like, I got this because I like this shit. Um, one thing I also want to mention before we move to the next question is uh, when I was flipping through all the magazines I have at the house, I didn't even realize how much of a budget that, like, certain companies just put into that. Um, like, for instance, like, Ubisoft... Every time I opened a page, there was a Tom Clancy game in the front and center. And even weirder, that Eidos, uh, that company that did like Tomb Raider and stuff, uh, the old ones, they were pushing the fuck out of that Soul Reaver character. He was on every freaking page, on every cover. Like the and like, I'm like, what the hell? And 
yeah, that, that, that was at the tail end of like how do we take the mascot idea but like up it for teenagers and like young adults yeah and and, and, and i mentioned this I, before but like i did not play those games growing up at all um like the clive barker soul there was another like game in that clive barker universe i think um i didn't play any of those I, oh legacy of kane was that it um but uh yeah no i didn't i didn't so like going back and looking at this i was like i want to play these just to like see what these people what like was so like pushing about that game like you need to play this soul reaver game like play this shit because i don't hear no one talk about it i forgot about it until i looked at the magazines um but yeah it was just funny to see what was being pushed super hard and what's still around today Let's see. Um, and it, this goes to the next question. Uh, Joe Nichols 92 asked, have you guys played the Medieval uh, remake or remaster or whatever? And that's another one where I felt like it was like a Soul Reavers thing. It was like big when the PS2, PS1 and then it kind of just vanished until recently they remade it. I know that, Hosean, you were pretty excited about it. I remember mentioning it to you and you said, I'm, I'm going to get to it soon. Yeah, and then I don't like. I saw very, very little hype for it, and I just kind of that's something that I would play. It, Honestly, but I'm gonna I didn't wait know they were made though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had like people were talking about it a lot. Now, as far as what it I, it looks really good as far as like polish wise. Yeah, and I want it, but I that's a game where I'm like I'm gonna wait till it's like twenty dollars because I still think it's like forty or fifty, and I'm like I'm not like in a rush, but I do want to just check it out because even as a kid, I played it like once or twice and and then i kind of never played it again so i don't even remember much of that game okay uh, like back in like the 90s or whatever but uh no none of us have none of us have played the game bert didn't even know it existed um so okay um shane g jg underscore ass do you feel that god of war 2018 and devil may cry 5 it improved upon their predecessors or nah um, I haven't played Devil May Cry 5, and I don't particularly care about that series, so I cannot comment on it. Um, I think God of War definitely improved. I don't I don't think it would have continued to succeed as a... Not mindless, but as a... I think games have... Slash. Yeah, I don't, I don't think a hack and slash with a very outrageous story like that would have worked the same way as it used to. I think people are kind of craving those sto- those like emotional story centric games right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's just where we're at. So and I so I think it had to evolve to that point. But I I like the original God of War games. I love God of War four. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh I think it definitely improved. Devil May Cry should just be a uh, black haired DMC uh, goth guy. 24-7, that's who it should always be. <laughs> Bert, you played a lot. Yeah, no, Devil, Devil May Cry 5, I would definitely say, like, 4 and then D- DMC just felt like it was going into a more and more casual, also, like, less alternative version of this arcade beat em up I feel like 4 and then DMC just kind of felt like they were losing that soul of the originals. How just, like, gritty... You know, you can call it gothic, you can call it alternative, but just like some 90s fucking Limp biscuit era grunge nonsense. Like, when I think about Devil May Cry, I literally fucking picture people who loved Cold Chamber and the Blair Witch Project. And, like, I feel like they were slowly getting away from that. And Devil May Cry 5 brought it all back and went back into that, like, gritty, just nasty character base and shit. And just made it all about demons and all about fucking fucking up the underworld and stuff. So, 
I, I think Devil May Cry 5 did amazing things. Um, I have never played a God of War for more than 10 I minutes, think so with the Devil May Cry 5 situation, I think it brought back the things that we all loved about playing like 1 and 3 and even aspects of 2 uh, and like improved upon that. But then God of War like their version of improving was like literally just making the gameplay not even remotely like the original one so like both of them are improvements in their own ways but uh i think people were craving the difference is i think people were always craving devil may cry's uh like classic gameplay more even still to this day i and then uh yeah. whereas god of war i think if they'd done that it would have been a fatiguing thing and they were like they needed to change yeah let me ask you this okay so you're playing god of war right um where did you find the blades of chaos in the newest one you yes. find them in your house okay so say you go to your house right you open the door right before you open whatever crevice the blades of chaos are in you open it up and there's an m249 machine gun <laughs> weighing at exactly 16 pounds seven ounces with a 200 round drum weighing seven pounds itself you are then have to explain throughout the game that this is here and the blades of chaos are not because some god you killed earlier uh protected the flow of destiny and that flow is over and now you have to fight hitler because it's a multiverse how do you how do you how do you how do you feel i buy the game six more times <laughs> I was gonna say I'll play that shit, dude. But in God, so of what you're saying was God of War could have been much better. Oh, I I got my opinions on that game too. But but yes, yeah. Tight. All right, we're all on the same they, page. They could have just great. made. They could have just added another damn enemy model. Fucking God. Yeah, God they, of War, they, big red one. I'm about to say <laughs> there could have been more than one. They could have had two bosses. That would have been nice. Oh, dude. But dude, you got your you got your ice demon. Oh, it's the grass demon who does the same thing, but everything's green this time. Oh, the fire demon. demon. He swings at you with the fire sword. Cool. Awesome. I would love to get your opinions on that aspect of that game at some point. I'm like the same thing. Like, I'm like, dude, the game rocks, but God damn it. Fuck you. Why did you? Again, again, (laughs) again, if it, the story, man, incredible story. It was Uh, great. The amount of boy jokes, incredible jokes. The amount of times you fought that one fucking troll, despite it being every color of the goddamn rainbow, massive, Jesus. massive stupidity. God of War took what was lacking originally, which was like a like story that actually mattered. Like mattered because I God of War the original story is just like man, he's mad. That's cool, but this one was like we're gonna add some depth to this character. The combat is gonna be different, not necessarily evolved because like some people even like the old combat more it's just gonna be different and maybe in my opinion take a take a take more of a backseat uh as far as and let the story take it from there um and i'm more of the fuck that i want to just fuck everything up go hard um when it came to that part but yes as for for what it is that was a big improvement as far as the story goes but if devil may cry 5 did that i would be a bummed out basically uh, if it took the God of War approach, because I was like, no, I want this, like, these combos, these chains, like, this arcade, like, awesomeness, and, um, you know, the, the the whole, like, 
fast-paced type thing. If if Devil May Cry Five was like, well, Dante is old and he has a young fan like brother or like kid or something, and he's gonna walk up there. I don't know though, because you know you liked Metal Gear Revengeance. Mm-hmm. Like I, I if there here's the thing if there are like. And Final Fantasy VII has really nothing to do with this, but, like, if there are multiple renditions of a game of the same thing that I've gotten so much out of, and they want to go a different direction, I'll entertain that. I would I would love to see what they uh, what else they want to do, you know? Because it's kind of like, you know, Microsoft wanted to just keep pumping out the same Halo over and over again in 343. I mean, fuck, wow, Bungie was like, hey, we want to do something else. Microsoft was like, fuck you, so they went and made Destiny, and that sucked. Um, but... I don't like. I like a company to be creative and do what they want to do if they're transparent about what right. It is. With Revengeance, I like that game because it was it was made by the team that made Devil May Cry. Um, it was a yeah. And and the Revengeance. Uh, if is there, but it was a different, complete. Like what you could say the same thing. Like oh, I don't want that. I want a game where I can sneak all over the place as Snake. You know, like yeah. it, it was a branching, different game or whatever. Yeah, it right, was. Right. It wasn't billed as the next thing again, and it's crazy because Metal Gear is a series that has always subverted expectations, but done it in a way that doesn't alienate. Like right. Metal Gear Solid Two, God, you could say that's the yep. that's the way to subvert expectation. <laughs> that game threw everyone for a fucking. Movie. <laughs> yeah, but you, but you don't hear pe- like you hear people shit talking about not in like a fuck this series forever kind of way, and I think you will yeah. see that with. Uh, the game that Bert had a brain bleed about like an hour ago. Yeah, fuck, fuck Raiden. And then he, <laughs> and then Kojima's like, oh shit, we gotta make him cool as hell in four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I asked this last time because Bert, you were the only one who played it. Um, but Inertia asked, what's everyone's opinion on the RE uh, three remake? What did you love and hate? We can go. We I kind of went through this already in the beginning, but um, yeah. What I loved about the game is I like my fast-paced Resident Evils. I like that. I like the dodging was really awesome um, mechanic to do. Um, I really enjoyed playing as Carlos. I like those segments as the game. Uh, it was cool. It was very short, but it honestly didn't make me mad at all. Um, what I didn't like, I didn't feel like Nemesis in 2020 was used to like his full potential. I could have thought like they could have done something so crazy like mr x to me that's why i got so obsessed with like the programming and game design aspect of him i dove deep because i was like this is crazy level up in like a game that's just a remake too like they could have waited to just do resident evil 8 and like threw on this like awesome stuff but they were like to me resident evil 2 remake felt more of like a different game resident evil 3 was just was like a fun little like oh that was fun but um but yeah i think i think nemesis could have been retooled in the same way mr x was or tyrant were you know what's crazy about the mr x Mm. programming um if you look it up they used the same pathing as the r-wing from Star Fox 64 how explain that for me (laughs) um i i all I'm going to say about Resident Evil 3, because we've said a lot about it, what I think needs to die is me not being able to press start during a death animation that is a zombie attempting to bite me in, like, oh, over yeah, 10 yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally yeah. agree. You should... any Anything that could be considered a, a cutscene, any moment 
that I am not playing, yep. I'm not physically playing, I should be able to skip. If you're not going give to give me that skip on the first time, which I still think you should, um, you, should you should give it on my replays. Like, 100%. Was it Death Stranding? It was, where you could hit the button to skip, but then it would at least ask, like, are you sure you want to skip? That, it was Death Stranding. Yeah, it was three right? buttons to skip something. Okay, which is I a lot. It was but, broken up into multiple But I can things. at least appreciate that you can do that. You know? 100%. So, yeah. yeah, you should definitely be able to get rid of shit yeah. like that. Uh, let's see. Uh, this one's from uh, Shane J uh, G underscore again. Uh, he asks, yeah, he says, "What's your favorite? F- wh- what's your favorite from software game and why?" Oh. All right, I'm gonna. I'll just say it. Dark Souls One was my introduction, and you're you're like indoctrination or like you're you're fucking paying your dues so to speak in this series you're gonna have more attachment to than anything because dark souls 2 3 bloodborne demon souls all that stuff like when i went to play those with and every game like it was easier and easier and easier because you're just getting used to it i might argue that sekiro was my favorite just because it reinvented the feeling of having to get good like I did in Dark Souls 1, but I'm going to take it back, and Dark Souls 1 was my first, so that and the punishing, punishing fucking nature of getting accustomed to that um, design and combat, that is, that, that'll stay with me for the rest of my life. Cool. Um, Tom, you haven't played very many of, like, the newer From Software stuff, so do you have any? I can say that I really liked Lost Kingdoms on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. It's an RPG. Um, it's like a card-based RPG. Cool. I had that on Hosian. Uh, the next time I'm coming to Savannah, I'm going to bring the disc and see if you can buff them for me at Planet Fun. Okay, is it totaled? No, but they are <laughs> def- They would not play right now. Like, GameCube games are the hardest things to I have. Sure. I've heard that. I have a few games that are like, if you buff them to the... like. They would either you fix either you buffing them would either fix them or make them no worse than they are right now. Yes, so, and the the difference with GameCube games is like with an Xbox or PlayStation Two game, like you you can tell it doesn't work faster because the game just won't read. But a GameCube game will f- start playing, and somewhere in the game it will just stop. Yeah. So it's harder to tell. Like you could work. Who knows? You gotta just. Play it. I did not know that, so that is disheartening. Um, in yeah, a, in like a very emotional way. For, uh, and then you get to the third level on the Leaf Cup, and the game freezes. You don't know unless you tried it. It sucks. That sucks. Um, I, w- I also I played this a couple of years back. Uh, Metal Wolf Chaos. You guys know that game? Yeah. Oh yeah, they, they remade it, right? Uh, I I didn't play the remake. I played the original one, and I didn't get to play the entire thing. So I'm definitely not that a, you had to import that. Yeah. Uh, no, it got released here. Did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. But it kind of like it's not like a super old game because it definitely crashed and burned in Japan. Um, but it got released here. It is good. Uh, people should play it. It did get a remake. Um, it's not. It does not play like a Souls game by any chance. But oh yeah, back those old From Software games. They yeah. were heavy on the robots. If you liked the plot of Metal Gear uh, Rising, fuck Revengeance. God damn it, the Platinum one. Mm-hmm. If you liked the outrageousness of that. Uh, then go get that game. Oh shit, that reminds me. I have that game and I did not count it towards my total of games, so that's 356 games 
here. Okay. <laughs> so just just so everyone knows. But yeah, Metal Wolf Chaos. As far as the new games, I've only really put any significant time into Dark Souls One, and I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's actually a good game. It is definitely yeah. a good game, but I do not have the patience for things like that. I got you. Yeah. That, that's that's literally it. I just I, I'm too weak. Straight. My, yeah, mine would be Dark Souls. About it a million times in the past, but something about that game with how it you're like the the organic flow of it. You're like, man, I could save here, but like I'm just gonna see what's around that corner, and then eventually you just get to the end. You're like, oh shit! Like it just like it was the flow of it was perfect to me as far as like me sitting sitting on my chair and kept going, going, going. So I just like the way it felt. It was like very buttery. So yeah, uh, do you guys have anything you want to ask? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I got a few. Um, so my guys want to know, would you guys want... Oh, this is uh, Zesty Mordant, my buddy Zach, one of my mods, actually, in my Twitch. He's constantly fucking hanging out. Thank you, Zach. Um, would you guys want a proper Knights of the Old Republic 3? And if so, do you think it could be made without Bioware? Uh, I would want it. And yes, I think it can be made without Bioware. Um, I think at this point, again, I get how people are like get attached to studios, um, but studios are not people. Like I get when people get attached to a director or a writer or a like a person like Kojima. Yeah, a studio is an amalgamation of a ton of people. So it's very clear that the Bioware that we used to all love and praise is not bio like i'm not saying that there aren't still some of those people there but that is not there anymore so especially with a licensed property like that Mm -hmm. um i definitely think it can be made without them uh and people that live and die by like studio stuff like like the same with from software in 20 years from the from software that we have now if it still exists it's it's not going to be the same thing and it could be better it could be worse it's not going to be the same like eventually that's going to run out it's like it's like you can ask um if do you think that another Modern Warfare could be done without Zampella and West? And I think so, and it kind of just did. But it's it's kind of like, I think Call of Duty and being able to mimic that is a little easier than what made Knights of the Old Republic so insane. But also, like like you said, there are so many independent studios that pick up spirits of games and possibly even get licenses to redo a game, and they fucking nail it. So, like, we're in that age where it's so easy for a select group of people to know how things are done right, to be from that era, and to get crowdfunding or something and be like, hey, we're going to do this right, and, you know, if y'all pay for it, we'll fucking make it happen in a few years. I think um, people were talking about, like, having that, this topic came up before, and people were like, oh, just give it to the people who make Divinity and because isn't that game a lot of like text and like choices and stuff like that i've been meaning to play divinity but i'm not gonna i i divinity thought divinity was more like a diablo Sony? style yeah. yeah yeah i've yeah, got yeah. friends that fuck with that but i have never uh mm-hmm. gone into it so i've heard that before and uh based on what i know about those games there's a lot of different turns you could take with the dialogue and the yeah. choices and how they actually literally do matter uh unlike other games that come out so who knows? And it was just, it's all licensing, exactly. too. You know, I don't think people are going to get attached to a Knights of the Old Republic if fucking Juan Solo is the character or something, you know? Obviously, Han Solo is separate as fuck, but... Um, Alright, next is... 
Uh, twitch of the twist of the knife. Twitch of the knife. God damn it, dude! I need to get off. Twist of the <laughs> knife says, "What game have each of you put the most playtime into throughout your entire life?" Crazy hard. Uh, I I think I, mine's easy, just for a variety of reasons. But I might omit League of Legends. And, like, think about it that, because I've been playing League of Legends for almost every day for, like, seven years now. I think, I know that on my, since you can easily track playtime on PS4, I know that on PS4, Overwatch is my most played game. Yeah. At 100-something, like, in the low hundreds, for sure. You have to have a game you've played more than that, though. Uh, but, I mean, here's, as I, I always spread my time over a ton of games. And it, right. w- it wasn't until the last, like, few years that I really had the time. Um, as far as like childhood games that I know that are, you just get a game and you only play that cause it's your only game. That's just like harder to quantify, but, uh, Sonic three, there's a chance that that is like in the multiple hundreds of hours. Um, and then I would say that uh, smash probably melee for sure is, is also in the yeah. multiple hundreds of hours, even though I've never been very good at it. It's just, that was like again, like Bert, how you've always played League because it's it's the game that the squad plays when yeah. I was younger. You know, Smash was that. Um, but I also I, I like spread out over lots of games though. I always- it's also crazy to think about like multiplayer versus single player because like it's either it has to be either Halo Two uh, after League of Legends, but single player games that's different. Like I might have put more time into Link to the Past than any of these crazy, like, Morrowind or Oblivion experiences and shit like that. Even MMOs, like, Link to the Past might still have more time in it. Yeah. Let's see, like, with Mo- Halo 3 is definitely probably up there, too. Thinking about it now, that was the the squad game. Right. But as far as single-player single, single player stuff, is a lot harder for me to figure out, but... Well, you said Sonic 3, right? Yeah, I think it would be Sonic 3 or maybe uh, something from the Pokemon series. Yeah. Just because of... Just because of Portable gaming was, like, my thing when I was a kid. Mm. Uh, and so, like, Sonic 3 is from the, the Sega Nomad. And then, uh, like, pro- I know that Silver had, like, an ungodly amount of time mm. on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, all of these are handheld ones that I could, like, just... When you asked that question, I was like, that's hard, but I could list a few. It would be uh, Pokemon Diamond, which I put over 400 hours in that game. Um, Animal Crossing Wild World, around the same... Uh, and then the other two were PSP games, uh, Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops. I played that game like Pokemon because it kind of had like Pokemon elements where you catch a soldier, you keep him, you bring him to your base. That was kind of where the whole mother base thing even came from, from that game. Uh, and then because of that game was online, I played relentlessly. Like, I had a problem with that game, dude. And then... Um, the other one would be Monster Hunter Freedom on the PSP as well for the same reason uh, of just... That was like the squad game. Like, me and my friends were going to all meet up and, like, just play that game. Mm-hmm. Dude, like, I, I probably have, like... That one might be, like, the under-the-radar one that wins. It's got to be, like, f- over 500 hours of that. Like, I, I played that game for so many years. Like, the same one, too. So, it would all... It would all it would, I can only think of like the handheld stuff like the PSP and the DS days where I put like that much time into one game. And then up until recently, right. I was like Tom, like when you're playing multiple games at once, um, I was the same way. But uh, like th- the start of this year, I kind of like 
toned that down and just started focusing on like one or two at a time um, for some reason. And that's kind of so things are taking longer to beat. But I feel like more my mind is more centralized because of it. Like I'm not like so sporadic with everything. Um, and that works for people. Like they can play twenty. Th- I got friends who are beating games like persona 5 and digimon 300 hour campaign this and that and like all in like a week and i'm like what the fuck you monster like how <laughs> it's and i never try to do like well i got this to do i got music i got job like i never ever resort to that i never do um but i'm just like bro this is insanity how did you beat persona 5 in a week and then platinum doom and fucking final fantasy remake like like i see it all the time I'm like what the hell dude like what are you doing um I, I i can't do that anymore i because i started to notice myself dropping motivations for certain games when i had like 50 on my plate um tom can we talk about this for a second was sonic and knuckles like the first dlc uh, I don't know if you would, because like like how how like everybody's pissed okay. off about like on disc DLC or something these days. In, it's in, like in the con- game wasn't finished in console gaming. Uh, totally. As far as like, um, because like there had been other games where they were like, oh, we released like an expanded edition yeah, later or like a sequel. Shit. But like, when you're talking about like you need to combine these things fucking then it totally is it wasn't i know it wasn't initially made that way yeah it was supposed to be one game and then the size limitations made it impossible well it was no it was time too like well i was saying size yeah yeah okay yeah you're right it was more time um so i it's definitely the first case of that but it's it's, hilarious because it's so early i was like this is so cool oh yeah i thought i'm like why do i buy two dude i didn't even know that because i didn't know gaming (laughs) news i didn't even know that sonic and and knuckles existed until i was like like 12 really and i was like that's why i couldn't get through that fucking wall i had to fucking be (laughs) knuckles what the fuck yeah oh one other game that i did just think of is uh mario kart 7 on the ds Mm-hmm. There was a period yeah, on a on a few tours where I, when I didn't have unlimited data, I would run out of data and I would have to spend more money to have more data and I couldn't afford to. So to keep myself occupied and not tempted to touch my phone, I would only play Mario Kart Seven. And I'm talking about like we have an eight hour drive, so I'm going to play Mario Kart Seven for an eight hour drive. Hosin might have seen me do this before. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, that probably put like a thousand hours into that game something really an embarrassing number mm-hmm. yeah Bert, did you answer cool okay you got another question yeah it was um spam spam um i guess this is my only other question that actually comes through is when's ghost of tsushima actually coming out um that's not too hard because they haven't adjusted the release date uh if that's a Kind of a question. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Um, that was asked by Yamam and Dim, which is my buddy Travis uh, from Louisiana. Um, he plays in a fucking metal band called Christworm. Check that out. Um, they haven't adjusted it, so I, I I think it'll come out. I don't think it's precious as The Last of Us for them to be like, we're the world's just not ready for it yet. You know, I I think they're gonna leave. Ghost of Tsushima, the way it's at, um, especially with the world reopening and probably about to just occur another resurgence of this whole pandemic, but I don't think it'll be touched. 
Yeah, we'll, uh, I think we won't really know for, it's announced for June. I'll believe that it's announced, that it's going to stick around for June if by, like, May 15th they haven't changed anything. There was a, um, like a rumor, there was a listing that someone found for the game coming out in August, but then it got quickly removed, so nothing still from that. Yeah, there's a rumor I got Mm -hmm. three dicks. That's not a rumor, bruh. Um, That's not a rumor, bruh. <laughs> Pretty sexy rumor, this man. That's how rumors start. Tom, what you got? Uh, four dicks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it beat me. Yeah, sorry. Uh, hold on. I'm going to pull them back up. Um, I, I got a few. A lot of them are from my friend Sean, who we stayed with in Portland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's got a couple big smash heads. Sean has a Twitch, and I'm pretty sure it's just uh, Sean is 8-bit with the number 8. People should check that out. Um. He streams a lot of Mario Maker and Hearthstone and some other shit. Um, but he said, if you had to play... We get this one, uh, version of this all the time, but if you had to play one game for the rest of time, so now it's not even the rest of your life, but now you're an Eternal, and you can only play one game for the rest of eternity, uh, what game would it be? So that sucks. I don't want to think about Eternity like that, but... Um, Better than thinking about dying. Bro, now I'm all I'm all existential now. This sucks. Yeah. Uh. So one game for the rest of eternity. Yes. Uh, I'm going. Do I get? Is it? Can it be multiplayer? Do I get Eternal Boys? Uh. We're we're gonna go with one. Uh, <laughs> this so this is this is how it always comes in. Is do we get multiplayer? Get, or, get give me a multiplayer. But, but, uh, but do my boys die? Yeah. Are my boys also Eternal <laughs> Elementals in the stars? Um. Give me a, a multiplayer and then a not and then a single player. Well then, league just because of how like scalable it is. Okay. Um, single player. This might take some time. I'd say I, I gotta go with. I got. Oh, fuck. See, here's the thing. A link to the past is not as deep. Like you can't scale it, or you can't like do the crazy shit you would be in a Soulsborne game. Because those are like my big ones. Like, I got Zelda games and then Dark Souls that I can play over and over and over and over again. So I would probably go with Dark Souls 3 I think that I think anything from the Soul series is a good one because um, of how many different builds there are and things yeah, like there's that there's just variety there's a lot of different ways you can play a predictable game right um, I think that's a good one uh, I think the last time we said this I know that for my single player even though it's kind of cheating I know I said Mario Maker um but I think I'm, I'll use that for my multiplayer game because it's kind of you need other people to make it a turtle. So we're, I'll go with that for a single player game. Um, I would probably go. I don't know. I'd probably go with some kind of shooter. I might go with Doom 2016 now. Ooh. I think that's a. I just really, really. I think. Uh, after finishing Eternal, I realized how much I like Eternal a lot, but I love I love 2016, mm-hmm. and I think I could continue to get a lot of juice out of that for a long time. And there's a, there's a bunch of different difficulties and a few and like you can do runs where you're only playing with one weapon or this and that. I think there's a few different ways you can move the game around. So I'm gonna go with with a Doom 2016. Nice. Mm. For uh, multiplayer, I would probably pick Smash. Uh, same reason, like nice. Burst was saying. Yeah. Uh, Eternal uh, boys, dude. Good one. Yeah, the boys who don't die. Um, 
And then I, I know Eternal, I mentioned Dark Souls, but since I already mentioned that last time, I would probably change it up to probably a Ratchet and Clank, a crack in time on the PS3. Because it's like, you know... Great game. Great game, and a, it's like watching a movie you mm-hmm. can watch forever. It's mm-hmm. like I can just experience that again, again totally. and again. I, I love it. That's a that great one. Times. And it's like watching a movie... Uh, like a fun, cool Pixar movie. So that'd be that'd probably be my game. Cool. Um, let's see. This is one from uh from Grady from Savannah. Uh, I think I mentioned this last time when he asked a question, but he's got a new zine for hardcore called a uh, Bomb Off the Banks. If you're into that kind of shit, check it out. There's an Instagram. Um, I think he's got one issue out, but uh, I don't know if any of us really can comment on this. Maybe you can, Hosian. But he said thoughts on the new Nether update in Minecraft. No, I have zero like thoughts. Giant graphical update with like ray tracing and shit. I don't know. I don't know that question. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Stand by. Bert's gonna Google it. Maybe we'll edit <laughs> some pauses here. Another update beta is here. Another taste of. I think. I think it's. Um, yeah, like, let's just go with the fact that none of us know what the fuck, um, none of us play, actively play Minecraft. Or Grady, I'm gonna pretend. I saw a few things about, like, crazy graphical updates, uh, to the world. Mm -hmm. And it looks beautiful. So, I mean, people have been playing Minecraft for, like, fucking, what, ten years now. Finally something, you know, to give them this new crazy shit for them. You know, kind of like... Wasn't there a thing in World of Warcraft where the entire fucking world just got destroyed and revamped? Uh, that was Final Fantasy XIV. No, 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 no. That that was their excuse for <laughs> having to redo it. Yeah, but I'm no, pretty I'm sure like World of Warcraft, it was like Cataclysm or something. Crazy Cataclysm like might that. have been might have been that. Um, I think they literally like everything in the world just got destroyed. Yeah, and so everything was new. That's the thing. You weren't walking around in the same area over and over again. But regardless, I think that was that's like cool as shit that they're upgraded because this has happened in League like three or four times because it's been going for like ten years or more now. Is that they consistently they don't come out with like League of Legends two. They just completely graphically overhaul and make it so much more beautiful. Um, the entire map and everything. They get more textures, characters get more texture stuff. So that Minecraft is finally getting that same treatment. That's like way fucking overdue. So that's sick. Cool. We'll go with that. Um, this next one is from our boy Grotto. Uh, let's see. He said uh, this is kind of on the subject of what we talked about with Ghost of Tsushima. Um, do you worry about 2020's relatively empty release calendar? So it was already kind of grim for some people because we're in between generations. But now there's the unpredictability. Um, even on the Switch, like which is definitely a console that is like not affected by being in between this re- in between generations. Um, it's not like we've got Xenoblade. Xenoblade uh, re- the remake or the remaster is kind of the big release this year. So. Are you guys, like, is that bum you guys out? Are you, like, satiated with what we've got and what is coming out? What do you think? Burr, you can go ahead. What was the question? Okay, sick. Do you worry about... Tw- <laughs> All the time, I've, when I listen back to old episodes, we'll ask a question, and someone will give, like, a relatively short answer, and then Bert is just like, 
Can you repeat the question? And this I one was right. hoping Ozzy had something different. Oh, yeah. I was still, I was still looking for. I was, cause I was, I wanted to be like, if I just made myself sound like an idiot with this Minecraft shit, I feel bad. If it's not this like graphical update, so I was just gonna it's piggyback fine. off. I can usually pick up the question based on vague okay. listening. No, it's fine. Who, who gives a shit? I, 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 I only okay. asked. I only asked for someone else to respond because I didn't have okay. an answer yet. So. Um, I am not concerned on one aspect of me being like, okay, I can catch up on all the other shit I'm playing. There's that part. Second part is, I don't know, like, what if everything that was coming out this year just gets moved to next year, like Cyberpunk and whatnot? Like, oh, the stuff that's remaining. Isn't that, like, the ne- like one of the next big, big ones besides Last of Us? Yeah, I think that Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima are, like, the name, the big names we're all looking I don't, at I don't right know now. if I'd put Ghost of Tsushima up there. There is a big name. I don't, I mean, if you were going to rank those three games, it's number three. But I think it's, it's still it's, medium it's, tier when Cyberpunk and Last of Us are high tier. I mean, yeah, that that's I'm sure. I'm just try, I'm just trying to think of like I what are you. the name games, and besides right. Ghost, like Halo Infinite, um, ha- Halo Infinite. But that's are we looking at that this what year? What was the question? <laughs> Do you oh. worry about 2020's relatively empty <laughs> release calendar? Please don't make Grotto repeat himself again. <laughs> And that's it's it is 2020. Um, it's the entirety. Of, no, no, because I don't need Last of Us. You know, like I need Halo Infinite because Halo Infinite is like the last chance for this game to unfuck itself. But um, I I think Cyberpunk's fine. I think well, Death Stranding actually just got delayed, but I think that was more. Um, could it have? Could it, it? Could it need more time because of the pandemic? I think so. You know. Um, Did you say Death but, Stranding got delayed? Yeah, I think it's now in July. Oh, you're talking about the PC release? Yes, sir. Oh, okay, never mind. I, th- I was like, bro, we, we've talked about it for nine hours. <laughs> we've done <laughs> this already. <laughs> we've walked these lands. Yeah, um, I think I think Cyberpunk will be good, and I think Last of Us will be good. I think everything's straight. I think if anything gets delayed, we didn't need it anyway, you know? Cool. I think. I mean, I think when you're looking at like the end of a generation like this, that's kind of the only way you can really think about it. I think the pandemic thing throwing a kind of unpredictable curveball changes that. But uh, I think with the Switch is really what I would think about that with because right now the Switch is still very much a current system that we're going to be looking at for at least another three years. Yeah. Or at least another two. And Animal Crossing was the big Switch game this year. And yeah. Hosian described it pretty well to me one time in a text where he said it's the perfect sidearm game. Like, the people that put, you know, 80 hours into Animal Crossing the first week and a half, whether you were time-traveling or not, uh, God bless you, that's cool. I like Animal Crossing. I could not do that. I could not only be an Animal Crossing person. So I really want to play some Switch stuff right now, but not just some, like, I'm playing a lot of indie Switch stuff. That's cool. But I really want to play, like, a high-grade Switch game. I really like longing for that. And there's not necessarily anything on the board's like that right now maybe those mario remasters will come out that have been rumored but uh which is the slate we're looking at right now that's kind of empty and i'm not concerned because i'm concerned about uh death and dying and uh my wallet uh but i am fucking annoyed so that's my answer hosian grotto asked you a question okay answer it (laughs) that question (laughs) that is the question sorry (laughs) was answered oh yeah you're right but what was my answer again <laughs> moving on i just kind of forgot the answer man we are zoned okay i got um 
a couple of qu- random responses from some fake porn star accounts. We're going to ignore that. <laughs> I got one about my dog uh, saying, can you tell me in fruit roll-ups how big my dog's head is? It's fucking massive. I, and think, then, I think we got a good... It's not good. in fruit roll-ups. Oh, yeah. I've got one, one more actual good question I think it's worth asking. Okay. This is from Sean, again, from Portland. He said, "What game? is there a game that's actually made you tear up? Have there been any narratives that have really touched you? Um, and recently for me, there have been three. Um, they're all PS4 games. Death Stranding, um, Spider-Man PS4, not really like tearing up, but definitely a little f- feely. And then, um, and then God of War, all because those are games that really focus on the, uh, parent to child relationship in one way or another, like whether it's like fixing something that was broken, discovering something that was never there, or just like having this perfect relationship and then losing it. Um, I think those are like, those are things that I can all, I can relate to, whether it's like my parents are old and I know that like eventually they won't be around anymore. Um, like my relationship with my dad has, was always rocky and is like good now, but like there's some stuff that no one will ever get over. Um, the only thing I can't really relate to is like the discovery thing, but I still think it's like, that makes me think about shit with my parents. Um, so those three games, I think all made me definitely, uh, feel like feel a mix of like elated and sad watching them. Cause I can like kind of relate to them. Horizon Zero Dawn is another example of that. That's a, those are like all kind of like weighty emotional games for sure. I'd probably go with uh, Mega Solid 4 um, just because like that was like a big like wrap up of a lot of like characters I fell in love with for a long time. Um, and I wasn't like, Ooh, but I was just like, damn, like I feel like I kind of grew up with these people. Uh, and it kind of had me like uh, emotional. So I don't know if I was straight up crying, but but that would be that'd probably be my main pick for sure. You said you cried during God of War. God of War would. What? When you, when you find oh yeah chaos. oh yeah I was like oh, yeah. Damn. but that, that part I, that part I was extremely hyped on I was about to say yeah. that's as far as like games that make me emotional like the hyped hype like fuck yeah like there's there's definitely plenty of those too and yeah Doom that would, Doom that would be that. Doom 2016 is is definitely that game where like the first time you hear rip and tear mm-hmm. like the music is what does that for me there but so Doom is that one but as far as like the sad stuff it's which I think is it, what he was really asking. The God of War situation is kind of similar to where I'm like, dude, I... It was like, fuck, yeah. that's sick. The dude, I remember shit. you texting me because I was a little bit ahead of you in the game. And I was just all caps, Blades of Chaos. I was I was like, it was like fuck a... Yeah. It was like meeting up with a friend again you haven't seen in 10 years. Totally. It was sick. Totally. What about- I think... Um... I, I don't think I've ever, like, a game itself, like, playing the game has ever made me feel that emotional, but it's, like, the thoughts surrounding it all. Like, I I do believe I cried buckets when uh, Twilight Princess was unveiled in 2003, Dude, I believe. the crying was trailer. insane on that. Because that was, that, was that was just beautiful. And then the game, too much time as the wolf. Um, Halo 3, when Chief... God, dude, that announcement trailer still fucks me up. That entire Halo, everything about Halo 3's development cycle will literally, I will like, I will think about that development cycle till the day I die. Like, that was done so perfectly. That was done so well. That was done with so much heart and so much fucking love that 
Nah, fuck, dude. Where are people these days recreating that? Oh, man. Like, if y'all if y'all fucking weren't around, weren't into it at that time, or you didn't, like, fucking game at that time, or you just weren't familiar, you, if it was just, oh, another Halo came out, like, look and see how much, how thorough that fucking cycle was, how much they gave a shit, how they built that fucking hype. Holy Do you fuck, think there was any other, there's been a game since Halo 3 that had that, like, that level of, like, mainstream hype around it and like also that kind of carried through the release of the game carried through with I, can't, it? I can't think of anything that's ha- like that's because that game was not just big in gaming that felt like a cultural thing the way that in game yeah. was for movies recently um and then it like delivered on all the promises yeah and i don't it think it makes me want to throw up thinking about the fact that it was as good as it said it was going to be. Totally. And I don't think there's been a game since then that's done that specific, like that, that level of mass media hype. Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I like, thinking about it now makes me want to fucking cry, mm-hmm. you know? It was yeah. just so fucking perfect. I'm about um, to say, and the Cortana stuff in that game, man, that's another thing where you, you have some feelings. That's heavy. You have some it's heavy It's fucking feelings. heavy, and that's, and that's, and oh man, no, I'm not going to get on my Halo train. Um, that... <laughs> The, uh, I think, like, I think I remember, like, getting very emotional looking at pictures of Majora's Mask in a magazine, um, when it was about to be released, like, because that was my fucking, like, Zelda was always my thing. Like, that was my biggest fucking obsession was Zelda games since I was fucking three, Mm -hmm. four years old. So, um, seeing, like, different releases of that was actually fucking crazy and huge. But, um, yeah, I think those are the big ones, like the Twilight Princess trailer, announcement trailer, and the Halo 3 announcement trailer. And then, like, I'll admit it, like, when I turned on Final Fantasy VII Remake, I turned it on, and I just, like, stared at the menu screen, because that scale dude, that prelude anthem, that will fucking grab you by the nuts if, like, oh, yeah. that was a big deal to you back in the day. Yeah. And, I mean, because I was, like, thinking, I was, like, it's been 23 years, and, like, here we are. Like, because you think about... From then, from when you first heard it, and then till now. And you think about your entire life and how it's been such a constant your entire life. And here you are, you know, it's still breathing. There's so many things I've gone through in my life. There's so many things that have come and go in my life. There's so many people, so many games, so many movies, so many pieces, anything. And it all came and went. But this is still breathing. Like, it still has life. And that's fucking crazy. And it makes you think about all that and that gets crazy that makes me feel crazy emotional i probably stared at that fucking menu screen for like 10 minutes just just fucking soaking it in mm-hmm. knowing that i am about to witness them fucking this up <laughs> his last moment of bliss before inevitable pain <laughs> that's it cool um well, i think that's it for questions besides if you want me to read off more generic porn star comments i got but, no um, but can you dm me the uh instagrams yeah i can definitely send you some hot links um let's uh let's do some recommendations boys let's let's fucking hit it um i can go first this time yeah fuck it um because of watching bert's twitch all the time with him and danielle um i've like definitely i've never been a guy that's given a fuck about twitch because when my band did a thing with twitch i did not enjoy the experience because recording a record while having other people in the room screaming about twitch stuff was really annoying but now i like totally get it so there's a couple <laughs> there's a couple of channels i really like to watch now but one of them is uh 
It's dark underscore bit underscore, and it's just a 24-7 chiptune radio channel. And I've been listening to that a lot because of the uh, the project that Vatican's working on. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's really fun. And then, do you guys know who that YouTuber is, Pete Dore? Uh-uh. Uh, he was, like, one of the first dudes in, like, the, like, ten years ago that, like, had, like, the big massive room tours and shit like that and had, like, all the crazy import collections and everything. He was he was a really big YouTuber and he fell off because he's a Twitch guy now. But uh-huh. he's uh, he's also really big in, like, the speedrunning community. And so he streams lots of, like, really insane, gener- like, not generic, but, like, like obscure speed runs. One of them is this fucking hilarious run for a... Uh, there's an archive video of it, of um this Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring GBA game. It's an RPG uh, that, that game. it is, on the retail copies, it's impossible to actually get to the end of the game. You go through the Mines of Moria, and then when you're supposed to go through this one room to get to the actual end of the game or the final battle, the game just softlocks. But he found there's he found some glitch because um, he's like a glitch hunter guy too, where you can actually get through and go to the end of the game. And he has a really fun speed run of that that I've watched. So uh, those two things, and then um, watch. I know that Bert might not talk about it, so I'm gonna make him talk about it now. Bert's Twitch right now is hilarious. He you just finished Resident Evil Four with Danielle, and you're going on to uh, to Dead Space right now. So right. Bert, I want you to talk about your Twitch. Okay, fuck. Um, so. I've since Danielle never played video games growing up. She's never she can't use a controller. She sucks at it, obviously. So like I obviously only given a shit about video games. I wanted to take her on this fucking journey and shit. Like since the day I met her, because I was like, this will be something we can bond over. So I, I think like I put a halo, I put halo on and put the controller in her hand, and she couldn't walk forward. She couldn't look around, and I can't fathom this. So I was, I was like, okay, we're gonna take like basic games, and you're you're gonna beat them, you know. And like, she's actually playing Dead Space on medium, which is crazy, because she did Resident Evil Four on easy, and that was just too fucking easy. I couldn't give her credit for anything, but it's a blast because obviously, like Danielle and I, if anybody knows us, I am an incredibly intense person. Danielle is an Danielle is an incredibly intense person, and her and I go at it nonstop. Like that's our relationship. We basically show each other like we have fun with each other and love each other by screaming and by yelling and arguing with each other and it's funny to because it always seems like it's right on the tipping point of like an actual problem <laughs> happening but you know it it, it really isn't but to someone yeah. who doesn't know you guys it's like this is bad right like i did I just put a disclaimer at the bottom of my twitch like i i put one of our like wedding pictures in there and put a big paragraph about like how and why basically what i just said like so people don't because it's borderline it is borderline abuse you know but um it's it's a good time and people love it because people love it because they know us and they see how awesome we are with each other after five years and it's it's apparently it's hilarious everybody always said like this is how i like always talk to my mom and my parents because my mom was really submissive to me and my brother once we got into our teenage years. Like, like she, you're we telling me your mom was a sub? What? what? Never yeah. mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, w- like people would come over and I'd be yelling at my mom, like calling her Claire and calling her by her name because like she would do some stupid ass shit. And here I am, 15, knowing better than her and smarter than her. And I'm like just going off on her. And everybody's like, this is fucking hilarious. The fact that you talk to your mom this way, it's fucked up. 
and it's really messed up, and you're probably going to hell for this, but it's fucking hilarious, and the same thing with Danielle, it's probably fucked up that I say this stuff to her, she says this stuff to me, but it provides for good content. And so that's that's our angle. And we're we're not the first, obviously, but I do think we we do it right and it's very fun and people are catching on, so if that interests you, then you know Perfect. I do want to mention one other thing, Bert, because I, I do think people will find this funny. Um, okay. You have some actual fans now. It's gone beyond the friend group. Yep. Yeah, you've got a few people in there. Um, how, you gave the talk the other day. Yeah, that... Okay, so there's a little 15-year-old Iraqi kid that watches me from Kurdistan, <laughs> and he's awesome. He's he knows everything about Resident Evil 4. Yeah, like, he, he was helping Danielle out with all the secrets and all the things to do and stuff like that. Because I allow backseat gaming through the chat. I try to keep it to a minimum myself, but I would like Danielle to like read the chat and interact. And if somebody tells her, hey, shoot the merchant, ho, 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 and she thinks it's crazy, you know, then she does that and it's funny. But, um, yeah, it's... This kid said some stuff about, like, he didn't understand the way his sister was acting, and she was a little older, and it was making him feel bad, and I found myself giving this kid the talk over Twitch, and that's just the kind of shit that I'm fucking attracting to my channel, I guess, because there's been some equally interesting fucking topics come up, so it's it's a good time. I try not to fucking, obviously, hate spitch and all that shit, hate spitch. Let's not. Hate speech and all that stuff isn't allowed, of course. But I try to keep everything on the table. Like, I'm fine with talking about most things in my shit. You know, I don't want to be like, hey, let's stay off of this topic and get back to the game. No, dude, let's go fucking crazy. Let's get wild, you know. Let's fucking do it. So, that's that's where that comes from. Well, it's super funny. Uh, expert on Twitch. Expert underscore? Or ex- no, it's just expert. E-X-B-E-R-T. Okay, uh... Streaming a lot normally at seven. Fucking out, Bert. What are your recommendations? Your quick recommendations on some shit. Honestly, I think I talked about this last time, but that Riot Games FPS that's like Counter Strike slash Overwatch Valorant. Valorant. Um, I don't know if I played it yet or if they were doing the beta yet when we did the stream last time. They were just about to start getting into it. I yeah I like I uh, I've been playing that a fuck ton and I'm here for it. I still think it's going to be as big as I said it was last time. That is a fantastic experience. So if you are into games that you can't just pick up and, oh, I'm fucking getting 20 kills, you actually have to work at it. You actually have to learn the game. It's very heavy Counter-Strike with Overwatch abilities, which makes it a little more casual than over. I mean, Counter-Watch. Wow! Counter-Strike. Um, but it's a fucking, it's an amazing time. So check it out. Amazing. Um... It does look cool. I, I, if I had a PC, I would be trying to get a, a beta key right now. Hosian, what about you? Well, he's dead. All right. So. All right, guys. Um, My bad. I, I realized I was muted. <laughs> uh, there was this movie I recently saw called Super Dark Times. Has anybody seen that? No. Um, Is this a parasite maybe. joke? No. I, was, I thought it was. Okay. Too, yeah. No, the name is really lame, but okay. it's uh, it is fucking depressing as hell and it's a really good movie that will kind of i feel like both of you guys can like relate to with like you're growing up mm-hmm. as i like depressing and, shit yeah and it, there's a hominess to it but then it takes a huge turn and it just like fucks you up and it's like Damn. so like 
Ah, oh, like the whole time you're like, damn, I'm not happy at all, even in real life. Right? Like watching this, it like really affected my mood. Um, but there's like this, like the the ambience and the like the environment, like the essence of the movie feels so like, damn, I ha- I was like that when I was a kid too. Like like me, you would hang out with your friends and just go do stupid shit and like do go crazy and play in the woods or, or run around on your bikes for five hours, and then you come home and you don't even. You don't tell nobody about your adventure like your parents ask. Nobody, and then you kind of just keep doing it over and over again. You come mm-hmm. home, and and then something crazy just happens, and everything takes a turn. So the movie does a really good job of like making you feel at home in a way for people that like grew up a certain way. So you guys should check that shit out. It's fucking sad, but damn, it's right. also really good. I have to check oh, that yeah. out. That sounds. What was it called again? One more time. Super Dark Times. It's on Netflix. Jesus, God, that is a punishingly bad name, but I will like when I, like on, when it ended, I was like, well, those were some really yeah. The name makes sense. So. <laughs> They're not wrong. Okay, <laughs> cool. Well, uh, this was. I don't want to look at that timestamp. That is really long. Yep. Um Cool. Uh, we'll probably do another one pretty soon. Uh, any final words? That's it. That's all I got. Uh, cool. Uh, put lots of money into Final Fantasy VII remake. Let's get a sequel going. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Peace.